Blog Talk Radio. Southern Sports Central, your source for all things sports, with your host, Richie Altman, Richie Altman. and Eugene Benton taking your call at 323-784-9681. Now, let's join Richie in the studio. And good afternoon, everybody. I am Richie Alp, alongside Eugene Benton. I want to thank Jay Harper for the introduction there. I tell you what, we're doing big things here on a Wednesday, the 17th day of February, almost to the end of February. It's the shortest month of the year, and we're almost uh, at that end of the month here on this uh, very nice Wednesday afternoon here in the Low Country as we're coming to you right outside of the Charleston, South Carolina area in Somerville at the Southern Sports Central Studios. Of course, you can follow us nonstop over there on Twitter at SO Sports Central and on Facebook. And that's Southern Sports Central, of course. We're hanging out on the gram from time to time at uh, Southern Sports Central as well. A great show. If you haven't heard, oh, is today's show going to be another epic instant classic here on Southern Sports Central? Of course, uh, you know, we'll talk about the 730 guest here in just a minute, but let's get there first. 630, we will catch up as uh, we have all week this week and into last week with another head coach. And this time back to Greenville, we go to Greenville high school in Greenville, South Carolina with the head football coach and the good guy. I can't wait to get him back is uh, Greg Porter. Uh, Coach Porter does an incredible job uh, on the football field and in his community and does a really good job here on the radio with a lot of uh, positive messages and a lot of truth that he'll bring at six 30. Then seven o'clock, we go over to Legion uh, core Legion. Uh, where, of course, so the head football coach there is uh, Bobby Carroll. We'll check in with him, kind of see what he's got going on and his thoughts, his opinions as well. And then, oh, and then roll out the red carpet, break out the nature boy, because here comes the commissioner of the South Carolina High School League, and that is Commissioner Jerome Singleton, 7.30. We catch up with the commission at uh, that time. We can't wait to, uh, can't wait to catch up with him. And to have the conversation going forward with him. And, of course, uh, 8 o'clock, back to the coach's corner we go. And this time we're going to go to Cross, South Carolina, to Cross High School, where the athletic director head football coach is Sean Wright. And he will do everything right at 8 o'clock with us, talk to us about what's going on with his program. And we'll continue to ask those questions that we've been asking all of our coaches around the state of South Carolina, 
A lot of it's going to contain to the spring sports, their thoughts uh, about uh, spring practice, of course, uh, because we do have some athletic directors joining us. Uh, We're also going to have the conversation about their thoughts on going forward, 21. You know, uh, what did we learn from 2020 that either we liked or didn't like? And we'll kind of get some of their thoughts and opinions. Of course, he uh, will start us off at the 8 o'clock hour. And then at 8.30, this is going to be a good one for me because we go back up to the Grand Strand, but we're not in the high school level. We're actually over there at Myrtle Beach um, uh, where we where we head over. And, Eugene, I'm going to bring you in here with this one because we're going to catch up with, if I'm not mistaken, an athletic director and a head football coach in uh, Coach Ryan Williams. And uh, this is a brand-new kind of program up there on the Grand Strand. We've seen these prep schools, and Myrtle Beach uh, now has one of its own. I'm interested to hear a lot about what exactly these schools do that may be different, may be similar. And really, quite frankly, I'm, I'm going to let him try to recruit me to understand and, and want to promote his program up there in my backyard in Myrtle Beach. Yeah, um, it is interesting because it's kind of a uh, – it, it, while it's not a brand-new concept, in a sense that it is, uh, you know, South Carolina, um, you know, hasn't been known for – anything outside the tradition, uh, and that being, you know, you go to regular high school and then you go to either uh, work, military, um, a two-year school or a four-year school. And, you know, even with the JUCOs and JUCO football, um, you know, we just haven't had that. Kids that they're all the time, you know, graduate high school in South Carolina, they go the JUCO route, you know. It used to be the Georgia Military Academy or Virginia Military Academy or one of the many great schools, you know, we've seen um, in, in Mississippi and Kansas, especially if you watched, you know, last year too, you've seen some of those uh, JUCO schools. Now, the, you know, in the past, a ton of kids have gone to JUCO route from, say, South Carolina. Maybe they didn't have the SAT score, the grades, or maybe they were just late bloomers, and that's okay. They found a home. They found an opportunity to get an education and continue their career. We're not downing, you know, any type of prep school or JUCO or anything like that. Um, but the state, uh, really, it's been new to that. Now, we have had prep schools in other states. We've seen them in Florida. We've seen them in Virginia, where kids kind of, you know, you hear about them, and, and, you know, hopefully he'll be able to explain this to us, you know, the whole reclassify. I'm going to reclassify, go to prep school, get my SAT, get my GPA and my core, you know, all that kind of stuff up, and then I'll be a full, you know, whatever it may be, Division One, Division Two qualifier. So uh, I'm really looking forward to what he has to say and, and learn about this stuff because it, it's still very new. It's still, you know, there's probably people who have a lot of questions, just like you and I do, and we're surrounded by this stuff all the time, and we still have a tons of questions. Now, he is the athletic director as well as the head coach, so, you know, I, I'm pretty sure when it comes to the questions, he's going to be able to uh, answer them. And, you know, because like I told him, I said, Coach, man, you know, I want you to give Richie the pitch, man, sell him. You know, if he wants, you know, you're you're recruiting him. You know, open up the playbook, open up the recruiting book. Um, and, you know, we've uh, since you know we put that out there, we've had a bunch of his staff members, you know, kind of hit us up via the follow method on on Twitter and retweet stuff. You know, some of the defensive guys, offensive guys, quarterback coach. You know, so you know, I, I haven't had a chance to go through everybody's profile to get to kind of learn who they are. But you know, I mean, it could be a, it, this could be a big thing. Now, I have seen that they have dorms and things set up right there on the beach. Uh, it looks like they do play their games um, at Doug Shaw, so that's a great facility. We know that. Um, 
and, and you know, with the environment of that area, you know, they have a D1 uh, school right there in town. Uh, you know, they have many other programs in the state of South Carolina. It's right there close to the border of North Carolina. So I think, you know, with it being a destination, they'll be able to have people come in and check them out. Yeah, no doubt there. We're, we're looking forward to having them in here. And, and again, back to Myrtle Beach we go at 830. And, of course, that will be uh, at Myrtle Beach Collegiate with the athletic director and the head football coach, uh, Ryan Williams. He'll be joining us here uh, at 830. And, again, you know, and I've had the conversation with some parents who've reached out to me and said, you know, Rich, I just want to know what, what is what is this school up in Myrtle Beach? What do they offer? Because they reached out to their kids. So there's there's a lot of those type of questions that we hope to have answers here uh, tonight, of course, at 830. And as always, you know, when we get these high school coaches coming in here, uh, like, of course, we'll have been here with Sean Wright, who's joined us on many occasions uh, in the last few years. Uh, can't wait to get his thoughts on some of the things that have been going on. And, of course, uh, as things starting to, to, again, get better and better. And uh, yesterday, by the way, we'll, we'll mention COVID in this word, uh, we had some pretty low numbers and, and great job. Great job, and that's what we're going to need, all right? That's what we're going to need uh, for our athletes to continue to thrive and drive and, and do the things they do. Because, listen, you know, and, and I'm all about understanding the kids need to, under, to, to learn in, in multiple atmospheres and environments, but there, there's no better learning than in that school. There's no better learning than in that classroom, that one-on-one that they get, the interaction with their, with their peers there in the hallways and, and in the classrooms. The, the setting is, is very crucial to these high school athletes, and I can't wait – to hoping uh, that it's going to happen more and more. As you're seeing, uh, I think Charleston County, by the way, uh, they're going, I believe, at full strength. I know Dorchester County's right around the corner. Saw something with Georgetown County. They're right around the corner of uh, just going back to the, the full capacity. Now, again, you know, here comes responsibility. And that means just because you can doesn't mean you do. And what I mean by that is make sure that you still stay within, you know, a respectable distance from one another so we can get this thing taken care of so a uh, lot happening here tonight of course like i mentioned uh, it'll start off at 6 30 with uh, greenville high school on the board up in greenville south carolina with their head football coach greg porter remember great season uh the boys up there at greenville had but they missed the playoffs because it was only a allowing the one and two uh, in tie, into the playoffs and it was a three-headed tie there in that region he missed the, that just by inches i mean the game of inches became a reality for the boys up there at Greenville, which were really good, really, really good. So uh, we'll talk to him about that. Of course, his thoughts going forward in high school football. And uh, I do want to correct something. We have uh, Coach uh, Bobby Carroll. He is the assistant head football coach over there at Legion Collegiate. So we're going to check in with him and uh, talk to him about his past, talk about his present and and what's happening in the future. And uh, like we mentioned at at 730, I know a lot of you guys are waiting uh, with the popcorn and the soap pop because uh, we are back in Columbia and we're actually hanging out on the campus of the South Carolina High School League uh, office with the commissioner, uh, Mr. Jerome Singleton. And, and again, guys, look, if you want to, to pose a question, we're not going to let you do it when he's in here. For those 30 minutes, we're going to go one-on-one with him here. But I will encourage you to go over to our social media at SO Sports Central and send us the questions. Maybe, Eugene, you put something out there. And, and uh, you know, if we see it fit, again, you know, let's be respectful and, and let's, let's be proactive, right? Let's Let's be the positive uh, voices in the room here. And uh, we're just, again, we're going to get to know the commissioner a little bit better after tonight. I, of course, look forward to having him on, to, as we do all of our guests, especially the coaches and, and the mentors that come through these uh, 
these interviews, I always like to know their bio. Where'd they come from? How long have they been doing this? Where did they, you know, grow up and went to school and all of that stuff? There's a lot of things about uh, the commissioner I'd like to hear on that end. And then, of course, you know, we'll, we'll talk about how he was able to deal with, uh, you know, the hardest thing to to keep your cool is when you can't you can't put your hands on certain things. And that was probably the biggest thing that they struggled with this year is controlling the controllables and, and, and basically kind of tracking this, this what's going to happen next, right, with the word of COVID, um, county by county, school by school, and things were changing. Because if you look at it, in, in retrospect, guys, you know, the, the football season was heavily affected up there in the Greenville area, up in the upstate. Basketball, on the other hand, has been affected a little bit more in the lower state. Kind of weird, kind of different. And, uh, of course, uh, I'm sure it has different coaches having different conversations. But we'll talk a little bit about that with them. Uh, well, so, you know, what have we learned during this pandemic? What have they have learned? What has the board up there learned in, at the high school league that, that they've been able to write down some notes? And, again, you know, trial and tribulation comes with a lot of lessons. And, and of course, what are we going to take with us going into 21, into the new season? Of course, the playoff modules, there's those kind of questions as well. Uh, you know, we, of course, went to a shorter playoff. We we cut a week out. What, what are we looking for? Did we did we like that? Did we not like that? Do you know, one of the coaches uh, Monday night said he'd like to have a sweet like have a 16, uh, like a sweet 16 deal and play number one versus 16 and kind of throw it in that way towards a, a real playoff situation there. Uh, of course, uh, the spring practice, you know, that got passed last week. That was a big deal, big conversation a week ago. Matter of fact, uh, there was rumors that, that of course, uh, that would not happen. You know, I'm kind of curious his thoughts on that. And then, of course, starting leader. You know, those are, those are some of the questions I'm looking forward to, Eugene. Just trying to find out what the commissioner's thinking, trying to get on the same page. And, again, letting him in all of those. And, I mean, every single individual that's on that board up there in Columbia at the uh, South Carolina High School League, let them understand that this is a platform from them as well as it is our athletes and the coaches here in the state of South Carolina. We just want to give them a chance to have a voice, not just on a Zoom meeting, but here on, uh, on the air with us at Southern Sports Central, Eugene. Yeah, I totally agree. And, and it's, it's such an invaluable tool, you know, to have that connection, to have that voice. And, uh, you know, because the Zoom meetings, I will say this, I was thinking about it as you were talking, you know, with my limited time coaching and being involved in high school athletics on, on that side of it the past three, four years, uh, and being, you know, high school in South Carolina myself, you really didn't see that much communication. It was always, you know, that office up there or, or, you know, up in Columbia is what everybody referred to it. You know, decisions are made up in Columbia. Well, the Zoom meetings going back to uh, last March and some of the things in the Facebook Live, you've gotten to kind of see uh, the decision makers and learn who they are, um, but you really didn't get a chance to, you know, obviously learn each person's background, and maybe we'll have a chance to do that and pull some of the executive members in to discuss, you know, the areas they represent so that people that may not know, hey, my representative, excuse me, is uh, so-and-so. And and maybe they can reach out if they have a concern and do it the right way, politely and respectfully and things like that. So hopefully we can be a conduit in that aspect as well. Kind of getting getting just the knowledge out. I don't want to say get the word, get the knowledge out. So people have the full understanding of where these people are coming from. You know, there's no high school league person, whether it be, you know, the commissioner himself or anybody in that office, or anybody on the executive committee that makes a decision to harm a kid. That's not their goal. Their goal is to make competition as fair as they can make it and to make it the best experience uh, within the rules and within the safety protocols 
for the student athlete. Now, we may not always agree with what a rule should be or shouldn't be or how it's applied or how it's interpreted or even the safety protocols. You know, you may think that, you know, you disagree with, well, that's maybe too much or not enough. That's okay. You're entitled to your opinion, uh, but they have to get their heads together. They have to make decisions, whether it be, you know, for good or for legal reasons or for whatever reasons, they have to take it all in. So, you know, you and I have had agreements with them. We've had disagreements with them. That's okay. The point is, is that, you know, there has to be people who have to make decisions uh, if we want it to run in a sense of uh, where it's not basically like a kangaroo court. And that is with a free-for-all where everybody does what they want to do. Because you will find if that happens, if that ever were to happen, you're going to have the haves and have nots. And nobody wants that. You want a fair playing field to give each kid who's eligible to play the chance to participate as on a uh, close level playing field as everyone else in their age group, their, their, you know, league or region or whatnot. And so that's, you know, they do catch a lot of flack. And like I said, we've had some disagreements with those guys. But, again, you know, we disagree respectfully and say, you know, I just don't agree with that. Okay, well, and here's my thought. And they say, okay, but we're still going to do it. Now, I mean, that's why they're either elected or appointed to the positions they have. Uh, and they all bring forth uh, with them uh, a very diverse background. Some of them are principals, some of them are athletic directors, some of them are former players, um, and some of them are in academics. And, you know, typically when you get a board together, just like with any company, you want a diversity of people. That gives you different, different aspects, different, um, you know, opinions and, and different education experience uh, in, in making those decisions. So definitely looking forward to that. That's been one of the bigger interviews. I'm so thankful that they agreed to it. Um, and that he's going to give us his time tonight. I mean, certainly he's technically off the clock, so to speak. And so uh, we're very grateful for Mr. Singleton to give us those 30 minutes. Yeah, it's going to be a solid 30 minutes. But it's going to be a solid three hours as we're already almost 30 minutes into tonight's show. And, again, follow us on Facebook uh, throughout the uh, the rest of the year, if you will, at uh, Southern Sports Central. Get over there on Twitter at SO Sports Central uh, and shoot us some messages. If there's something that, that you want to put – out there, Eugene and I will dissect those, and, and, and if time permitting, we'll, we'll, we'll ask those questions. Again, you know, we're here to build the bridge between, you know, I, I would even say the commissioner and, and the listeners, right, to get to understand. Again, I, I understand, you know, that, that his position holds a lot of responsibility. I understand that we see things over here. They see things over there, but it's no different than me on a Friday night. You know, I'm sitting up high. I see a play getting called out, and I'm like, there's no way. Or they miss a call. Again, from my point of view, it looks one way. But in their point of view, well, maybe I should slow down and ask the question, and that's what we'll do here tonight. Because, again, we want to learn more, not only uh, on some of the questions that we've kind of put together tonight, but, again, I, I'd like to know a little bit more about the commissioner, you know, where he grew up in his, his, uh, you know, his, his hometown and, and what led him into this industry, what led him into to wanting to take this responsibility uh, and this is a major deal because he's over all of the athletes here in our public schools in South Carolina. So the, it doesn't matter the sport, doesn't matter male or female. If, if they're a student athlete in our public school system, you know, that's, those are all his kids, right? And, and we say that here as well at Southern Sports Central. So it's a, a feather in the cap, an opportunity, if you will. I'm looking forward to it. This doesn't happen. I know uh, he doesn't jump on a lot of radio shows. So for us to uh, be able to say that we have an opportunity to talk to the commissioner here tonight, and that is, of course, Mr. Jerome Singleton. Uh, we're, we're definitely excited about the opportunity to uh, kind of figure some things out. Now, 
Uh, that being said, Eugene, you know there is basketball being played even tonight. That's right. This is the final week of the regular season in South Carolina where teams are uh, when you're in, lose, well, you're out. It's just that simple. Uh, I know, for example, uh, in uh, the region that uh, we cover, because a lot of it's right here in our backyard, a little closer to the studio, is where, of course, uh, you've got Fort Dorchester, you've got Somerville, Stahl, West Ashley and Ashley Ridge, uh, and I can tell you in the uh, girls and boys, it's both uh, West Ashley and Ashley Ridge uh, who will be playing for that second position to get into the playoffs. I know Fort Dorchester winning the region. They kind of got that automatic uh, opportunity to jump into the playoffs, so they practice all week. They'll get ready to either play River Bluff or or they'll play, uh, I want to say, Dutch Fort. So one of those two teams will be visiting the Charleston area here on Tuesday. Uh, I know Goose Creek, they've already crowned, uh, they've already been crowned there as well. The Woodland girls up there uh, in the, uh, up, up there and that's uh, Dorchester, South Carolina, right outside of St. George. The girls have uh, won their region, but there are multiple teams that are constantly, you know, getting that trophy here this week. And I say congratulations to the winners of their region to the winners who have now, uh, you know, getting the opportunity to continue to play in the, the playoffs, you know, big deal. That's a big deal for those who did not make it. Look, great job. You got through a season that was unlike any other. We may never see a season like this. And I got to be honest, I didn't think basketball, nor did I think wrestling, which, by the way, is in their second round of playoffs. I know Somerville's be uh, getting it on the mat here tonight. They're one of the better teams in the state, uh, along with a bunch of other teams around the state that are wrestling here in uh, round two, I think my Sockacy Braves, my alumni over there, I think they're getting after it. Coach Gibby over there uh, got the boys and girls ready to rock and roll up there on the Grand Strand. So, uh, again, that could be an interesting trip in the lower state, Sockacy and, and, uh, and Somerville. I definitely have to cover that one with you, Eugene. I had to learn some wrestling moves because I only know the gator roll. But after that, it's uh, he's up, he's down, he's out. That's about it. So, uh, But it's just good to um, it, it's good to see some of these sports actually finishing up. We got to teach you the ankle pick, man. I, I used to learn that one from Coach Tucker, man. I tell you, Coach Tucker can teach you some moves. He taught uh, my son and my two stepsons back in the day some moves, and uh, one of them ended up being a state champion for the uh, heavyweight division when he was, uh, I think, about ten years old. So, uh, but Coach Tucker has them kids uh, ready, ready to roll year in year out there at Somerville. But um, you know, wrestling, I always loved that sport, man. It was, it was fun watching those kids compete oh my gosh man they compete hard you know you say well it's uh three minutes three minutes and three minutes but those three minutes are just you know i've had kids say that play football and wrestling they say those wrestling workouts are a lot harder than football uh on their bodies you know just taxing and you know the old gym there at somerville man i can't tell you how many times i was sitting there on my phone and just watching those kids uh duck walk around that gym if you ever seen a duck walk those kids stand up man they see they look like baby deer trying to stand up on those legs when they're done duck walking around that gym a few times. <laughs> yeah, you know, and, and I got to tell you, the one thing I love about Coach Tuck is that he's a guy who, you know, he's one of the first coaches that I heard say this, and we adapted it pretty quickly here about 10 years, 12 years ago, when he he was telling me the whole, you know, kids don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. That's kind of his slogan over there. And, uh, of course, we love that same slogan here. But he does. He does it the right way over there. He's one of the successful programs uh, of many over at Somerville 
who, uh, again, doing it the right way and, and able to really have a lot of success uh, with the boys and girls that come through his programs. And, you know, I've watched a lot of guys. And, and I think that's one of the other running questions. That, and, and it's kind of one of those things that you see on social media now about, you know, if you're a wide receiver, you should play basketball. If you're a quarterback, you should play baseball. If you're a, a running back or, or, or some of the faster guys, you make sure you're running track. And then, of course, if you're on the front lines of the defense of the offense, you want to make sure that your feet, your hands, and all that's getting to work. Well, what better way to do that, Eugene, is in the wrestling ring. Or in this case, the mat. Yeah, I agree. And if you see that, I, I know when we were up there or talking to some kids uh, in, in the Elite 88, you know, some of those kids that um, played the, the offensive-defensive line, the upstate. And the upstate, I tell you, has got some really good wrestling, too. They've kind of been known for that as well especially in that pocket around Belton, Honey, a pass up to Greenville and some of those schools. But, uh, you know, it, it, it's a very taxing. And like you said, it does teach that those that lower body strength, that drive, that explosion, that hands, the, you know, the kind of moves and the swims and the grab. And, you know, it's basically, you know, it's just such a, like I said, you, you have to see, you have to witness uh, what we'll call Olympic wrestling versus, you know, the, the stuff we, that we also like on TV with the jumping off the top ropes and things like that, you know, because that's, that's not wrestling. a part of. Yeah, yeah that's exactly. wrestling. That's not wrestling. That's, that's wrestling. not really. That's, that's that's not really the part of what goes on at the wrestling ring uh, <laughs> on the wrestling mat, but uh, you know, but it does. It it just teaches that very taxing that you know, because similar to an offensive lineman, the average play lasts what about six seconds, and you know, so those guys just it's all about burst and energy and stamina, and that's one of the things, like I said, when I, I saw those guys training over and over again, and those guys, it, it, it's very taxing on the body. Uh, those that can make it, those that can do it, and those that, uh, you know, succeed at that level, you know, it says a lot about them, their mental toughness as well as their body strength. Yeah, you're exactly right here, and there's just so many things here that, again, when you look at, and I, again, I, I got a big, uh, big lesson last year. I, I seem like I made more wrestling matches last year than I've watched in all the years I've been around the world of sports, which again, at that time was what, 41 years at the time, but I learned a ton and watched these guys. I mean, again, y- you go through uh, an entire day of starving yourself because you got to cut weight. That right there is a sport itself. All right. That right there should get you a, mo- a gold medal right off the rip or, or there's some of the other craziness things that they do, but it's a great bonding sport. You wouldn't think it because it's weird because while they're a team, they also are able to qualify individually, you know? So why they are, yes, they're, they're, they're one together, but yet they're still graded individually. It, it's definitely one of those things that uh, coach Tuck has definitely done an incredible job at, at making sure that everybody is on the same page uh, here on of uh, course, the world of wrestling. Now, that being said, we're going to take a break. It is about that time. Uh, the bus is pulling up slowly now, making sure that uh, all clear is given, and they're going to pull up there to Greenville High School. We'll get uh, Coach Greg Porter on the uh, on the bus, and we'll have a little conversation with the coach and uh, kind of see what he's been up to the last couple of months. It's been a minute since we caught up with Coach Porter, but meanwhile, let's go to a guy that I think is one of the best motivators in the business. That, of course, is uh, E.T. talking some motivation, guys. Coming back, we got the coach all the way from Greenville High School, and that's Greg Porter, guys. Don't go anywhere. Somebody say, E, what's your alarm clock? My passion. My dreams wake me up. I don't need no alarm clock. I'm going to bed pissed. I got to go to bed. Some of you going to sleep, and you don't deserve to be. You don't deserve rest. 
lazy. You don't deserve rest. Rest is for people who work. You ain't doing nothing. Every day you chilling. You need to know your why. And my why wakes me up every single morning. Why do you do what you do? Why do you do what you do? And that's so important. Look, ain't no more talking. This is it. If you ready to take your game to the next level in whatever it is, sports, life, business, whatever it is, health, listen to me very closely. You got to change that mindset. Somebody came up to me. They said, E.T., man, I'm tired, E.T. I'm tired, E.T. I put in the work, E.T. I'm not seeing the results, E.T. I'm ready to give up, E. I'm ready to give in, E. I did what you told me to do. I read the book you told me to read. I put in the hours you told me to put in. E, I'm doing it, and I'm not seeing anything. My why is every single day when I wake up, every minute of the day, every hour of the day, I have an opportunity. Somebody who quit, somebody who gave up, somebody who stopped in life. I have the power at my nickname, the refresher. I have the power as the refresher to make you believe again, to make you get up when you got up three times and you say, I'm not getting up no more. When you get to the point where enough is enough, when you get to the point where it hurt real bad, when you get to the point you can't take it no more, when you get to that point, I'm telling you, I can't explain it to you, but doors start opening, opportunities start happening, but what you cannot do is you cannot quit doing the process. My why, my why. I'm about to wrap this thing up, listen to me, you can't make a difference. Until you make a decision. I do want to say this to those of you who are watching who are not yet where you want to be. Like, keep going. Like, keep going. Don't quit. You're already in pain. You're already struggling. Like, get something for your pain. I realized at some point when I looked at my family's history, I was like, some things I don't want. There's some things I want, but there's some things I don't want. And then I, I remember having to re- say one day to myself, like, yo, you are your father's child. Like, yo, even though you didn't, he didn't raise you, even though in the beginning you guys had, you know, whatever little stuff y'all need to get through, E, don't lie. You are lazy at times. You know what I'm saying? Like, E, you are super social and you'd rather talk than work. You know what I'm saying? I just had to grow up one day and just be real with myself and just say, E, the only way you're going to be successful is you got to discipline yourself. Yeah. You know, when you, look at, uh, when you look at a horse, I'm talking about a thoroughbred, it still needs that, what is that thing called that they put on it? it, it, it still need, he needs that without, you know, you can't, you, you got to control him. You know, he got a lot of juice, got a lot of energy. He can go for it, but you, you got you to gotta hone that. Yeah. And so I realized, like, yo, E, you sleep in, you play video games, don't lie to yourself. You, you are powerful, but you have some vices, and you have some vices that take you down a crazy road. Like, you are your father. You are your grandfather. You are your mother. You are your grandmother. Like, it's real. And so I start saying, okay, E, you got to discipline yourself. And this is for me. This ain't for everybody. I start getting up at 3 o'clock in the morning. Like, yo, you're going to have to get up a little bit earlier because you didn't finish school. You didn't take care of your business. So you can't get up the same time another man who gets up who handled his business. So you need to get up at 3 if you're going to catch the grapes. 
You got to get up at 3. You got to go to bed earlier. This is why I said I never drank or smoked because the men in my life who did it were extremists. I had an uncle who died, cirrhosis of the liver. You know, I had other uncles who drank, and, and my father, bless his heart, but he was strung out on drugs for about 14 years. And I was just like, yo, E, you can see that they don't know how to do it casually. Like, they ain't social drinkers. Like, they ain't social on something. They taking it to a whole other level. And so for me, it was like, E, you got to discipline yourself. You're not going to die if you never know what alcohol tastes like. But if you taste it, you might have the same experience they had. So you just got to discipline yourself. You know, I do vegan most of the time. You know what I'm saying? And I tell people, I love fried chicken. I love macaroni and cheese. I love a lot of desserts. But in my family, is diabetes. So it's like, yo, E, if you do what they do, then you're going to get the results they got. So you, yeah, chicken is good, and macaroni and cheese, the way my grandma make it is great. And yes, the pound cake is phenomenal. But if you want to be with Didi for the next 30, 40 years, you want to be able to walk, you know what I'm saying? You don't want to be on the cruise. I was just on the cruise, and they, a couple people, you know, was on the motor scooter, you know what I'm saying? People with the cane and the walk. And I'm not mad at them, but I'm like, I don't want that. I want to be able to walk at 60, yeah. at 70. I want to be independent at 80 if I can be. So I'm going to have to make some sacrifices now for the long run. Whatever it is, I... Now, for the utmost reports on sports of all sorts, let's join Richie Altman and Eugene Benton on Southern Sports Central. Welcome back, everybody. It is time now to ring the bell and bring in our first guest. And we're up there in, of course, Greenville, South Carolina. So let's bring in the coach from Greenville High School, Coach Greg Porter. If you smell what the rock is cooking. Welcome back here to the show with us. Once again, we welcome Coach Porter back to Southern Sports Central. Coach, happy Wednesday and hope all is well. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate it. Man, I figured what I figured the rock introduction was probably the best, man, because I got to tell you, man, I, I, I want to get you in once a week, man. You know, I listen to E.T. about every day. He's one of those motivational guys on the uh, on the Internet, and his story alone kind of motivates you, but his message is incredible. I told somebody the other day, and actually once or twice a week, well, well, your name will come in conversation. I said, I'm going to tell you something. If those dudes that play for him don't want to run through a brick wall, they don't have a pulse. Things that you've left us with on this show, we have written it down, quoted it, and almost putting it on a shirt. <laughs> well, thank you for that. <laughs> Appreciate it. So, uh, man, it's been a minute. Everything, uh, of course, uh, a little different this past season, Coach. Uh, you know, you guys had a great season, you know, a little different format. And uh, some other things, of course, uh, that you guys had to get over off the field. Uh, you know, how, how did you guys uh, assess everything when the pads were put away and you guys uh, hung up the cleats this year? Well, I'll tell you, first of all, we were glad that we were able to have a season, and uh, we were just grateful for that. But at the end of the season, you know, we started the evaluation process, getting ready for the next upcoming season. And um, it really starts with me first. Reflection starts with me, then the staff, then the players, and who do we have coming back. And, you know, we begin to rate the players one through five. And one is a kid that probably do not care about football, and a five is a kid that we say that loves the game. And, we begin to try to rate these kids and try to put them in a position in place where we start trying to get them to work out or participate in other sports and, and, and play a role in that way. But we're so glad that we were able to have another season. 
Yeah, no doubt, because I got to tell you, back in about July, June, or maybe even at this month, a year ago, right, when things started to really kind of started to show up a little bit, we, I don't think a lot of us thought we'd even have a season. And, of course, uh, you know, whether it was a different season or not, it still was a season that we were able to get some kids, some opportunities, and, and some scholarships. Again, these kids had a chance to ball out on the Friday nights, and by that, you know, they got recognized. Coach, talk to me about the recruiting world. You seem to have a great relationship with a lot of coaches, not only here in our state in the college level, but across the country with a lot of respect given to you. Uh, how, how was it for you in, in a very unprecedented time to help recruit these young seniors or these, of course, uh, guys that were ready to go to the next level? Well, I'll tell you, um, back in my days at Hillcrest, I used to really tell the football players how much I hate social media and how much of a disadvantage it is to use social media. I come to Greenville and have this awakening, and um, um, I tell you, some of the kids who was uh, played for me at Hillcrest have uh, contacted me and said, wow, Coach, you do so much more on social media than you have ever had before. The use of it, if you use it in a positive way, you can always market your players. And um, I think that's what we really aim for. That is our goal. That is our plan. These kids play for us for four years, and they give their life to us. I think in return we owe it to them to do everything we can for those players who love the game, try to put them in a position to continue their education and play football. Now, the people who like football, you know, hey, they understand that they may not get as many offers or they may not get any at all. So you have to have another plan. Everybody is not meant to play college football. You have to know that. Then you have those who can do without football. They're just glad to be on the team. And you try to minimize that number as much as possible because them the ones get you fired. <laughs> Very well said. We're going to quote that, by the way, over there on SO Sports Central on our Twitter account. We, yeah, we're, we're real big in the world of Twitter. Because, you know, we actually had a guy come on here, uh, Jeff Mullen. Of course, he's with the National Press. These guys are going to be putting together a pretty good camp uh, over at Nation Ford on April the 11th. Coach, I know you're probably aware of it. You've seen a lot of invites go out. And we asked the guy, coached at three different colleges and now, of course, part of the recruiting part of life. We asked him the question that, that we felt like we knew the answer, but coming from him, you know, it echoed what we thought. But that being said is that social media has a huge impact. But if you don't use it the right way, of course, it gets in the wrong hands and it gets the wrong message, then it makes you worse than a lot of other things that you could possibly do. And he said that Twitter alone needs to be looked at is basically the resume. Like, for example, if they're, you know, tackling, you know, all their all their films and their stats and, of course, report cards. He didn't say that part, but I'll throw that in there as well. Throw out your grades, guys. That's what they want to see. And uh, he said if you're going to go to prom or McDonald's, he said use that for Instagram. Have you guys had to specialize in one coach on campus to kind of make sure that their first and last name are, are on the Twitter world? Because, again, you know, these coaches don't have a lot of time to try to find out who's that that says he's too fast or – I can, you know, whatever it may be, uh, and being creative. Well, we have a group of coaches that do specific things from myself, Coach Lamb, and Roderick Harris, who we call our media specialists, and he's able to create these incredible designs for our young men and put them out there and, and let the world know that, you know, not only do we care about them academically, but we want to put them in a line like hopefully that the coaches will catch a glimpse of it and say, you know what, I'm interested in this. This is an interesting little picture that they made of him. Let me research this guy out. Mm -hmm. So we use it as a bait as well. And uh, some people may love us or hate us for it, but at the end of the day, we feel like for our kids and our program, we're going to do whatever it takes 
to be truthful and honest with the college coach and at the same time walk it out plays in a positive light. Hanging out on campus as the bus is pulled up in the parking lot at Greenville High School. That's in Greenville, South Carolina, with the one and only Coach Greg Porter as Greenville here on the clock for the 30-minute segment here at 630. Uh, Coach, uh, let's talk about some of your seniors. Uh, You know, this is an opportunity for you to kind of give it a little love to these guys who had a different season. Pep rallies weren't even a conversation, right? I mean, I don't know if you guys had a homecoming parade that a lot of schools had. I mean, it was really ultimately a a lot tougher on those kids than it was on the 2019 class who missed some things later on, but during the season, it was a different thing. So can you highlight some of your seniors and if any of these young men or who all is going to be heading to play college football? Well, we've been fortunate and blessed to have seven kids to be recognized and have the opportunity to continue their education and play the games. I'm going to start with Aces Scott and Eric Scott, but both of these twins, these young men have high motors, play extremely hard, they would go to Georgia Military Academy and um, be able to pursue their education and play. They was a great benefit from us. Kids who played for me when I was at Hillcrest back in the day, uh, a couple of years ago when they was young, and they, they seen the year they decided to come over, and we were so glad to have them. And um, it, it turned out to be a win-win for both parties. Uh, we also had Terrence Guess, who was a linebacker, who um, signed with Air Force Academy. You know, he's been a tremendous player, a kid that excels on and off the field at Greenville High School, which was a tremendous plus. And his, he is a leader. Um, and we were just so glad for that to happen for him. We also had Riggs Falkenberry, who uh, a really smart kid. It's not too often you have a football player that have a 4.9 GPA and a 1320 SAT score. And uh, he's smart as everything. He works extremely hard have multiple options and, and things like that. And I think he has taken a, a, a preferred walk on to uh, one of the schools. Uh, I want to say Clemson. I might be right off, might be missing that. But, you know, he has a tremendous season as well. Um, another thing that we had had uh, signed was um, Finn Lowndes running back. Um, he went to Limestone. Um Preston was really one of those unsung heroes, a guy who never complained, never murmured, never asked about giving me the ball. He was always a selfless player, never selfish at all. And we were glad that he was able to get an opportunity to play because he shared the backfield. Um, and in and, and this day and time, a lot of kids can be very selfish about the how many carries I get, how many touchdowns I get, not one time. And I think that's why he was blessed with the opportunity to play at Limestone. We also had uh, Andre Goodman, who signed with App State. Um, he's a quarterback, an athlete. Um, it's not too many things this young man can't do. Um, he excelled. He didn't play his senior year. He got hurt his junior year. And uh, he used his senior year to really focus on the healing and getting himself physically ready for his uh, freshman year at App State. And to be honest with you, that that athlete is a real strong encouragement to a lot of young men who believe that they have to play 11 games and be always the starter. He shared the quarterback position uh, his junior year, still was in a position to get an offer to App State. What I'm saying is it's the quality of the games when you get in and you make it happen. You have to make it happen to market yourself that you are uh, – a guy who can excel on and off the field. Um, we also had J.Q. Jones, 
a defensive lineman who also signed uh, at Limestone. We're glad for him. He's been playing basketball. He only had two years of football, you know. When I got here, he didn't even play football, so I just recruited him. Hey, come play football. And um, it turned out to be a win-win for both both parties, myself and him. Yeah, um, he's a starting point guard at, at 280 pounds for the basketball team, but he can play. He's very athletic with good footwork. So we're glad that these young men have an opportunity to continue to push. But I tell you what, we still have some great kids coming back in 2021 class as well. No doubt about it. Listen to that list. Very impressive list by their head coach. Of course, as we're here on the campus at Greenville High School in Greenville, South Carolina, with Coach Greg Porter. Now, Coach, around 4.30, 5 o'clock, a lot of things started coming out, and this now affecting the class of 22, right? And that is the information that came out about the NCAA Division One cancel is extending the recruiting dead period for uh, all Division One sports through May 31st. Now, that's just what some sources are out there now. That just means what, Coach? That means that you know, nothing's changed from what you guys have been doing. It looks like the world of Zoom is uh, Zooming faster than ever. Uh, what's your thoughts on all this craziness and all the years you've been coaching? Coach, did you ever think that something like this would become the reality, the new recruiting style that we're dealing with now? Absolutely not. I think one of the best things that I learned from this is you never take life, you never take your football season for granted, and I think that is always going to be there. Um, that is probably the greatest lesson I have taken from it, and I try to tell the players as well, you can only control what you can control. You can't – there's no need to get upset about the extending dates, the open season, whatever. What you can control is what you do in the classroom. What you can control is to try to get the highest GPA you can in e-learning. What you can control is when you're supposed to be at the weight room working out with your team, you need to be there, make time to train. So that which you can control – you know, that's what you put your, you know, put your effort into it. The other things you can't control, there's nothing you can do about it. Control the controllables, Coach. That's probably the best advice anybody uh, could take right now with all the craziness that's going on. Now, the one thing that it looks good for us in the spring for football, looks like spring practice is going to be a thing. It's going to be controlled, if I'm not mistaken, by a lot of the districts. So we don't really know if, you know, how it's going to roll. We've learned that in football and, and, and of course, now basketball and wrestling. Uh, Coach, but, but your, your thoughts and opinions, you like spring practice, you don't like it. What, what, how excited were you when you saw that these uh, young men and some women on the football team are going to have a chance to get out there and, and get back at it in the spring and get prepared for the season coming up in 21? I was very excited. You know, last year we did have it, and we saw how it hindered us as a team. It messes with your team chemistry. Um fundamental things that you felt like players who was coming off JV should have gotten a special attention, uh, was unable to get those days, those reps. So reps count. So when they said that we was going to have a spring practice, um, we just continue to prepare. This is what we need. Now we have to be a little more detailed. Let's, let's, let's fundamentally sound um, and, and be thankful because last year we didn't have it. So we have an opportunity to have it this year. Let's make it count. Let's still be cautious. Let's not take things for granted. Still keep protocols in place to continue to protect ourselves. Good words here from the head coach from Greenville High School, Coach Greg Porter, is talking about the approval to continue the spring practice, get back to the normal part of that. They missed, by the way, the spring practice was the first that was hit 
uh, when it came to some of these athletes who didn't get a chance to prepare themselves for the season coming up. I know it carried through the, the uh, I would say, I guess the fall for those uh, sports that they kept leading into what we deal with now. But, Coach, uh, one thing I think another that, that we'll get out of this is I think these kids and these young athletes are going to, you know, they know what it's like not to have it. So I, I just want to think in my own mind and my heart that these kids are going to come out hungrier than ever because they're not taking things for granted. They now know what it's like not to have something. It's like giving a kid cable TV and then making them go at his grandma's house that doesn't even have a TV, right? I mean, hopefully that's what we're hoping to get out of this. That's what we're hoping, you know, and not only the kids, you hope the coaches' spirit is rejuvenated as well because it, it, it was everybody was affected from this, you know. You know, I feel so bad for those seniors who didn't have an opportunity to have that spring, and they, they missed out. Um, even mm-hmm. though spring sports, all of those sports were canceled last year. They didn't have a season. Um, so that's where the gratefulness and, and being thankful that we have an opportunity to have it this upcoming spring. So, yes, it, it, you know, sometimes when something's taken away from you, you probably have a greater appreciation when it comes back. And that's what we're hoping, not only for the kids, but I'm also one that for the coaches as well. Yeah, I agree with that too. That's, that's uh, Let's echo that one. Yeah, for everybody involved. I know that, you know, I, I, they talk about the kids. If they weren't Friday night football coach, you know, they were going to be going in circles. I'm, gonna you, I'm always on a Friday night sitting somewhere broadcasting some football on Friday night. So for guys like me and, and some of the others that do what I do, you know, we were in the same boat as you guys. I mean, what were, you know, it's almost like Ricky Bobby, not knowing to do with your hands during an interview. We would have been as lost as the rest of you guys here. But uh, the other question here, and, I, and I'm pretty sure you got some opinions on this because of the way it worked out this year. But but the conversation that, that's out there, number one, is the possibilities maybe of starting the season after Labor Day. Now, back in my days in the 90s, that wasn't a common thing. You know, we played after Labor Day for multiple reasons. I grew up in Myrtle Beach, so for, you know, we went to school after that. All of that stuff was because of the tourism market that I was in. But then they also did the playoffs a little different, which, again, that affected you guys personally, right, directly, as it was a three-headed tie for your region to only allowing the top two, having one less week involved. Coach, you know, going forward, what would you like to see uh, when it comes to starting the season, the the regular season, and then the playoffs? Any changes? You know, that's a good question. You know, the more I reflect on it, you know, I grew up at a time where we played football after Labor Day in Washington, D.C. And, um, you know, playoffs, it was affected a little bit. This experience that we had this year was really tough. Take nothing away from it. Greenwood played an excellent game. That was the game that decided. Coach Liner and his staff and his team did a tremendous job that night. And we was not ready. So, you know, we didn't, you know, yeah, we 5-1 and one and we didn't go to the playoffs. And, yeah. and as bad as we didn't like it and, and not knowing the situation that we was going to be in, that it was only taking two of the top teams, we knew the scenario. We knew the situation. It's nobody to blame but ourselves. So, yes, would I like for the, the high school league to continue to have three or three or more or at-large bid? Absolutely. I, I don't agree with the two, not just because we missed out. It didn't matter whether right. we won or didn't. It's, I just don't agree with the two. And uh, I think um, we got a tough conference. <laughs> Ain't no doubt about it. <laughs> and there's uh, some other schools got a tough conference as well. So, I'm not in favor of the two. Uh, I'll make it known now, but, I, you know, whatever is given, um, the cards that's been dealt, we're going to play it. 
and we're not going to make no excuses about it. We know what to expect now. We have some experience in being disappointed, and I hope that our staff and our kids use that as fuel as fire to be motivated this offseason to understand don't take it for granted because you're 5-1 that you think you're going to get into the playoffs. you got to earn it. It's not going to be given to you. As we are hanging up here for the uh, final minutes here with uh, Coach Greg Porter, Greenville High School's own head football coach. Uh, a couple of other things, Coach, that I would I would love the opportunity to kind of uh, pick your brain off. Uh, one is uh, 707. Right? We, we haven't asked any coach this, but you've been around a little while, Coach. You, of course, you know, growing up there in D.C., you've coached some pretty big high schools. You've uh, you've done this for quite some time. You like 707, your thoughts on it, and uh, just kind of uh, just getting a, a little conversation when it comes down to these young men that are going out and, and, and doing some of this stuff during the, the early spring and during the spring. Let me tell you something. The 707 is the magic to the summer to me. I love 707. It's the team bonding with the coaches. It's the long bus rides and the team bonding period. Um, it's the competition during the summer, seeing kids get better kids use this time not only to work out and then get on the bus and got to go travel in the 707. The teaching moments are fundamentals that you get to install and talk about that we didn't have last summer. So to have a 707 summer is very important, very important on so, so many levels, the level of competition you go against. Um, you can even go break it down with just you and another team and slow it down and, and focus on not so much of a win law situation, but let's use it as a teaching progression moment as well. So there's so many things you can do with the 707 that, man, if we don't have it, it can be a hindering that's beyond football. I love the relationships. I love the kids bonding. I love the coaches bonding, the laughter, Mm -hmm. the fun. And that's what makes the team special going into the season. So I agree with you. um, if you ask my opinion, I got to have it. I got to have it. <laughs> got to have a little more cowbell, if you will, there. Of course, uh, wrapping it up here with the coach from Greenville, South Carolina, Greenville High School's own Coach Greg Porter. Coach, uh, you know, the other thing that may or may not end up becoming a conversation here tonight is we'll be hanging out with our commissioner, of course, the South Carolina High School League, about 730. Uh, commissioner Singleton will join us here tonight. Uh, but it always comes back up, and that's the eight-quarter rule. Coach, uh, your thoughts on the eight-quarter rule? You like it, don't like it? I mean, does it? I know for the bigger schools, it's not as a big deal, but when you start getting into the twos and the threes and definitely the ones, you know, it has a little bit more of an effect. When you make football as a priority and say, man, we, we missed the eight-quarter rule, it's very important for the development of the kids, uh, the team and everything. But when you look at the legal part, the the, the concussion protocols, uh, the injuries, um, you, you got to look at the data and see how it is affecting the young men today because there's too many blows, too many hits in a week. So when a high school league or a district has to make that type of decision, they're thinking of legal matters that sometimes as coaches, and I'm sorry, I may not be speaking for all the coaches, but for us coaches, we, we may not think about that because we're competitors. And we think about where what we used to go through. Well, it wasn't like that five years ago or ten years ago. Well, times have changed. Kids have changed. They're not the same. So, you know, a lot of kids don't go outside and play uh, football against each other in neighborhoods like they used to when I was growing up. So the things are different. So with that all being said, you know, I understand 
the legal ramifications for it. Um, I understand why they want to reduce the number of hits, and um, and it has a lot to do with the concussion protocols. Nobody wants to be in a position of being sued or held reliable for being uh, negligent and uh, not paying attention to the kid because you're focusing on the win. You got the kid playing all day on Thursday, then you're trying to sneak him in on Friday. <laughs> it's just, you know, so... <laughs> You know, you just see the. Whole, I just see both sides. I love it as we always enjoy this segment when we get Coach Porter to join us here. We want to thank his family for allowing him to hang out with us for 30 minutes here tonight to kick off our our tour around the state of South Carolina with all of our great coaches and, of course, the commissioner will be joining us here at 730. Uh, Coach, uh, for any of those young men, maybe young women, because, again, I, I really think you ought to think about traveling around during the offseason around our state and, and motivating uh, a lot of our kids that need to be motivated right now because there's just a lot of things that we don't even see that these kids are dealing with. Uh, leave us with some words of wisdom for our young student athletes. So, you know what? Leave us with all of our students in the state of South Carolina, something that they need to hear as uh, you sign off here in the next few minutes with us. Okay, if I'm a student athlete, here's my message to you. Never give up. Never lose hope. The recruiting process is totally different from what it used to be. Market yourself. Use social media in a positive way. Continue to sell yourself academically. Without the grades, no grades, no play. I don't care how good of a football player. I don't care how many Twitter likes and followers you have. If you do not have the grades, score, and character, you will not be on nobody's roster. It's more than bench press and squats. It's more than 40-yard dashes. Times are changing. College coaches are more worried about the character and the grades of a player than how fast they are. The film don't Mm. lie, but they know that that's your highlight film. They know it's not the whole game, so they only see portions of the game. They want to see the whole game when you're not pursuing, when you're walking, when you're giving yourself the wrong marketing tool. The coaches want to see it all. So to the seniors, to the 20, 21, 22 football players this upcoming season, I wish you all well. Grind. Put all your work into it. Leave no doubt behind. Have a vision for yourself. Take care of your academics because above anything else, when football is done, you better have a plan B and make that your plan A, your academics. Mm, I love it. Look at that. Put that on a shirt and sell it around the country because that right there, ladies and gentlemen, is man on a mission. And I got to tell you, Coach, I got to bring you down here. We'll go do some. Uh, we'll do some eating while we're down here because Charleston's got some pretty good food. But there's a couple of spots I'd like you to stop and talk to a few good athletes and just individuals around the Low Country, man. We could definitely use you, man. So next time you get a free minute, come on down and let's hang out a little bit. Absolutely, anytime. You just call me and I'll make it happen. You got it, buddy. Coach, always, and I mean always, appreciate your support in Southern Sports Central. My dream that was a, a dream 12 years ago, and here we are today making it a reality, and it's because of coaches like you that make this job what I do a lot of fun, Coach. Thank you. You're welcome. Appreciate it. There you go, ladies and gentlemen. The bus is in motion as uh, we want to thank the folks over there at Greenville High School for their time, their opportunity, and their head coach, Greg Porter, who, again, dropping the knowledge in, in, in big-time fashion, and he said this, and it reminded me of something that uh, Coach McElveen, the head basketball coach over there at Fort Dorchester, put out uh, a few days ago. Maybe it was yesterday. And it had uh, a quote uh, by uh, the coach's diary, I believe. Derek Jones was the coach that said this. He said, good athletes with bad grades become hometown legends. 
that never got out of their hometowns. That's not a fraternity you want to join. So remember that. That one is another solid message here on a night that we will continue to drive around, talk to some head coaches, because next we're going to Legion, Cool Legion, with assistant head coach, Coach Bobby Carroll. Right after this, guys, you're listening to Southern Sports Central. Follow us on Twitter, SO Sports Central, Facebook, Southern Sports Central, and on the gram at Southern Sports Central, guys. We'll be right back, top of hour two, right now. to Southern Sports Central, your source for all things sports, with your host, Richie Altman, Richie Altman. and Eugene Benton taking your call at 323-784-9681. Now, Welcome back, everybody. It is time now, of course, for hour number two. I'm Rich Yob alongside Eugene Bent. I want to thank Jay Harper for bringing us in here on a beautiful, a uh, little chilly Wednesday evening. And it's still February. We're expecting uh, the craziness. It's nowhere near what, of course, the folks in Texas and around the country are dealing with. And I want to send our thoughts and prayers to all of those uh, families in and around the country. There's about 75% is under snow, if I'm not mistaken. I think that's the number that I had heard last. Uh, my sister actually lives right outside of Dallas. Uh, they're struggling, of course, with power and a lot of things uh, there as well. So, again, uh, just be praying for those individuals who are dealing with what they're dealing with and hoping that, uh, you know, the warmer days are hopefully around the corner. I know uh, it's, it was pretty simple uh, to, to, a, to a 7-year-old that, that told me just yesterday, he said, well, you know, Mr. Rich, the groundhog, you know, did say we were going to have six more weeks of winter. And I said, well, you're, you're right. And, and my fault for not realizing it. So here we are. All right. Here we now land in Rock Vegas, Rock Hill, South Carolina, where the bus is pulled up on the campus of Legion Collegian with the assistant head football coach, Bobby Carroll. Let's bring him in the way we do. And off to Rock Vegas we go. Rock Hill, South Carolina is now on the show here. And, of course, uh, we check in with uh, Legion Coalition's assistant head football coach, Coach Bobby Carroll. Coach, uh, glad to have you here. We're excited. We can't wait to have this conversation. And thanks in advance for the time. Hey, appreciate you having us on. Uh, It's great anytime somebody's promoting high school football. 
Well, I tell you what, we couldn't promote it without having guys like you on the show. I tell you what, we're, we're putting all kind of feathers in the cap tonight. Uh, as you uh, you were listening there to uh, you know Greg Porter who just jumped off here and of course now you're on and coming after you we're going to the office the commissioner's office with uh, Mr. Jerome Singleton so uh, it's a loaded show for sure in the first hour and a half all the way through to three. That's great, man. Let's go. <laughs> so so give us an update, man. We haven't had a chance to catch up with you. So so tell us a little bit about the school over there for those who are learning about. Uh, what you guys do and all the exciting things that are happening over there at Legion Coalition. Kind of give us a, a, a backstory, if you don't mind, for a minute, Coach. Yeah, well, um, after I left South Point, which was kind of hard to figure why I ever left that place, and uh, I went to coach my son at York and did a eight-year stint there, and uh, they did away with the double-dipping kind of. I wasn't in a critical need area. I was uh, in York. It was I was a social studies certification so uh, I went ahead and retired in 2018 and uh, had eight good years at York six good years at South Point and uh, 22 great years at Northwestern they were all great but I uh, had really mm-hmm. good players but uh was kind of just moved out sold my house moved out on a farm 400 acre farm uh been baling hay cutting hay uh and fishing really all I've been doing and then coach Heron who also retired, was going to start up this new program at a charter school, and he kind of told me about it. And uh, he said, I'll make you the assistant AD, and you can coach defense. So, uh, you know, that was right up my alley. So, lo and behold, we started. Uh, we should have moved into school two years ago. We actually moved in yesterday. and uh, We've been in a temporary facility. And, you know, we knew what we were signing up for. We know it's uh, not a well-liked thing around the state from public schools even though it is a public charter school. But, you know, every day I work there and, and look at the model of education, it's a pretty cool deal for coaches and uh, the, the the students in the school. And uh, anyway, uh, we're in our second season. we kind of been coaching out the back of pickup trucks. Uh, we just got our weight room, just got all our weights in. We got it from Ray Crother right here in Rock Hill. And uh, uh, we're, we're we're starting to get this thing rolling. Yeah, no doubt about it. Now, you know, we'll, we'll talk a lot about your stops all the way to where you are right now, of course, over there in Rock Hill at Legion Cool Legion. And, you know, when you talk about pickup trucks, all I think about is Clemson back in the old days where they would literally pull their trucks up, cut their lights on, and play some football. But it wasn't to that level, though, was it, Coach? Uh, it was pretty close, man. You know, uh, <laughs> we couldn't get any – we couldn't get any uh, – Love from the charter, or the, excuse me, the public schools in the county, and uh, we've had to beg, borrow, and steal places to practice. We've had to, uh, you know, lift in a gymnastic center that didn't have benches. Uh, it's been pretty tough, man, but it's fun, and it's all about the kids. And uh, I get to, uh, you know, go coach every day. My son uh, is on the staff. Uh, I have a, two former players, Coach Heron, I coached, and Coach Sean Woodard coaches our DBs, and. Then the legend, Coach Jimmy Wallace, is our offensive line strength coach. So we have a lot of fun over there. And, and the cool thing about it, I don't know how many people, you know, there's, there's a lot of misunderstanding, misconception about uh, charter schools. But, you know, we go, we started class at 7.30 in the morning. The kids go to four 55-minute classes face-to-face with teachers. Uh, they get out at 11.20. Uh, we lift weights and go to practice, and everybody's going home by 3.30 in the afternoon. Um you know, and we're under the jurisdiction of the high school league, so all that fallacy about, you know, you can recruit players and players can live wherever they want, that, that, that's not true. 
in order to play at Legion right now, you have to live in the uh, South Point High School attendance zone, which actually has three high schools, us, YPA, York Prep, and and uh, South Point. So it's, uh, you know, it's kind of slim pickings, but uh, we're getting through it, and, you know, we're going through some growing pains, but uh, it's all good. Now, of course, uh, Coach, you're, you're part of that sibling uh, conversation there. I don't like to say the sister brothers because I let you guys handle that, of course, with Gray and, and Oceanside with a good buddy of mine over there, uh, Joe Call over there at, uh, right. with the Land Sharks. Uh, you know, so we're familiar here on Southern Sports Central with what you guys do. And I always say this, and, and I, every once in a while some eyebrows may raise to me, but we've got a school down here called the School of Arts, right? And, and they specialize in arts. Well, I'd like to think of the pinnacle group of a school of athletics. You guys focus on – you know, your academics, because if you look at your test scores, I think this is very important for our listeners to understand this part of it. You guys are testing way up there. It's not easy to get in, right? And then you got to bust it to keep in and stay in, just like you would if you were playing a football, baseball, or basketball, or whatever sport, right? you got to be the best to stay there. And then you guys are kind of modulated, or, you know, it's, it's suitable, I guess, for you guys to be able to focus on that athletic side uh, to, to specialize in that because, again, uh, of the module that you guys put in. Is that kind of uh, an outside? Because I've never gone to one of these, but I've kind of watched the other two schools and now learning about you guys as well. Right. Uh, that, you know, the the cool thing about it is a kid doesn't sit through a 90-minute class. You know, I taught U.S. history and government econ, uh, driver's ed, all kind of deals. Well, there's some classes at 90 minutes you can keep their attention span and you can you can you know get a lot of work done uh the weightlifting classes were huge at york south point and northwestern back during the block scheduling but you know if if you're trying to teach a kid uh spanish and uh he's struggling in english and he's got to stand there 90 minutes that's kind of a deterrent but uh the 55 minute deal uh four periods a day and then do as many online classes as you want and then uh, grab you something to eat, lift some weights, or practice, and go home at 3:30. And it teaches you how to manage time. Teaches get really gets kids prepared for going off to college because uh, you know a lot of days at York. Uh, my last stint in the public school, uh, you know, eight o'clock, 8:30 was the usual getting home. Uh, the players maybe an hour before that, and that's just that makes a long day when you start at 8:30. And uh, another cool thing is uh, at our place. I'm not sure about Gray and and uh, Oceanside, is if you don't come to first session, uh, you can come to second session, which is like, you know, 12 to 245 or something along that line. And uh, if the coach chooses, if an athlete does the second session, they can lift and practice in the morning before school, take a shower and go to school. And uh, when school's out, they're done for the day. So, uh, you know, it's just like going off to college and, uh, you know, having having to manage your time. It's, it's really a great deal. And, Another cool thing, and I keep saying that, uh, they didn't have this when I was in school. I would have definitely probably thought about doing it. Uh, you know, you can come to Legion or Gray or, or, or Oceanside, and as a freshman, in four years, you can earn as many as 60 college credit hours, which is two full years, two four full semesters. And uh, you actually go into college as a uh, first semester junior, uh, that's huge for parents. You know, that's if you go to Winthrop or Clemson, that's fifty grand you save by going there, and you know it's free. You might have to pay fees and stuff, but uh, you know, it, there's no tuition to go there. Yeah, there's actually a young man that's at Clemson right now that's getting a lot of uh, a lot of love that went to a school that you guys know pretty well over there 
with uh, with grace. So, uh, and I think he benefited out of that uh, the opportunity of having all those uh, college hours walking into the building. And I tell you what, uh, looking back at it, like you said, coach, it, it's a big deal and an opportunity that, uh, of course, uh, you see this side and you've seen the other side, coach. But before you got here, man, I looked at the resume, not just of where you've coached and who you've coached with, but who you've coached. I mean, let's go ahead and talk about some of those big names that have come out of your uh, your allegiance there and, and definitely uh, the, the yards that, of course, uh, you trained up a lot of big names that ended up going to South Carolina and a few other big places, Coach. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, I remember the day Jadavion Clowney walked in our uh, weight room as a ninth grader. and Man, the kid looked like, you know, he's 6'3", about 210 as a freshman. And I said, Lord, you know, the – Football gods have been good to us. And, you know, I, I'm not going to take anything away from anybody that works at South Point, but those were some really uh, cool days to coach football. We, we, our, My big thing was, hey, man, let's get them on the bus and let's not mess this thing up. Uh, there were some really good players. You know, we, that 2018, which is, in my opinion, is as good a high school team as there ever been. And I coached in Region 2-4A for a long time back in the old days with Spartanburg and Dorman and Gaffney, Northwestern Rock Hill you know, and Burns and Union and uh, Bowling Springs and that crowd. And, uh, you know, it was NFL-style high school football. But uh, <laughs> on that team in 2008, we had three NFL football players uh, that went to the NFL. Two of, them were fir- th- two of them were first-round draft picks. One of them was the first pick. One of them was the tenth pick. And then uh, the current head coach at, at uh, South Point now, Devontae Holloman, got drafted by the Cowboys and hurt his neck and had a real short career. But – uh we were really talented. The crazy thing is there were players on that football team that probably had they had their faculty, you know, everything together and, you know, the moon and everything lined up right, they they might have could have made it to the NFL because, you know, it was, it was just an incredible bunch of guys. And, you know, we were sitting around counting and uh, people, you know, talk about Rock Hill being Football City USA and uh, they got a great youth program and travel teams in, in Rock Hill, but uh, in my honest opinion, it's all uh, around Jimmy Wallace. Uh, you know, when he came to Northwestern in the late 80s, 87, and Coach Ringer was the head coach at Rock Hill, and the game got so competitive. We had a, you know, the first televised game that we had been in was 90 or 91. I can't remember. We were playing Rock Hill High. It was a huge rivalry. And uh, along with that national uh, attention came national recruiting. You know, we started having guys going to Florida State. We had guys going to Ohio State. We had guys going to Notre Dame. And uh, with that came you more, more recruiting. And, uh, of course, we've had a ton going to the NFL. And, uh, you know, I think it might be on a little dry spell right now, a little dry run. But I'm sure somebody will emerge. You know, they'll, they'll come out and, uh, you know, keep the city's name going. I think. Barry Byers, God bless him, he's deceased. He worked for the Herald here. I think he coined that name, Football City USA. Him and Gene Knight, a guy that works for WRHI uh, in Rock Hill. But uh, it's a good deal. And, uh, you know, this this Legion deal, these charter schools, just gives, you know, kids more opportunity to play. You know, only 11 guys can go out there at a time. And Rock Hill's got three high schools and uh, that have football, Rock Hill, Northwestern, South Point, and now – we're the four school, so, you know, that's 11 more kids that are going to get to play the greatest game on earth, and uh, we just, we're glad to be a part of it. And we're glad you be a uh, part of our show here tonight as we're live with uh, the assistant head coach. He's also, Coach, you said you're also the assistant athletic director over there as well at uh, Legion Coalition, huh, Coach Bobby Carroll? Yes, sir. 
Yes, sir. I want to make sure I get all my facts right here because I want to give you all the all the all the love we can here on the show because you've earned it here. Not only uh, from what you're doing now over there, of course, uh, on the campus at Legion, but what you've done in our state for so many years. I mean, you mentioned. Oh, man, a, a ton of years here that you've put in with a ton of schools here that you've uh, had a part of, Coach. But this past year was unlike any other season I would imagine that you've ever seen. In all the years you've coached uh, in your time, have you ever seen anything like this with, uh, you know, are we going to play? Are we not going to play? We're going to play a different right. type of schedule and, and so on and so forth, Coach. What was your thoughts when you guys finally put a pads away? Well, the, the – the first thing that came to my mind, something like this happening, was in '89. We were, I was at Northwestern then, and uh, we were playing Chester, and Hugo came through here on, and uh, I think it was maybe September. I don't know. It was early, yeah, September. And uh, uh, the whole city, the whole York County, man, nobody had power, and that happened on a late Thursday night, early Friday morning, and uh, we got to play. We went ahead and played Chester down in Chester. Their lights were still working and stuff, so we played on Saturday, and we thought that was, you know, a horrific deal that happened. And then 9-11 came, and I remember that week they sent us all home, and uh, they had to run us out of the gym at Northwestern because we were still trying to practice. And uh, then this COVID thing was really it, – it, it was horrible. It still is, and my heart goes out to all the families out there that had to suffer through that. I know some coaches in South Carolina that have passed and had family members pass. And, you know, I think people are taking a little bit more serious now, and uh, hopefully we can get this thing turned around. But uh, we had two games that we had to cancel uh, this year because of COVID. We had a player that, uh, you know, had tested positive right before we were going to play gray. And then later on we were playing, uh, I don't know, maybe Great Falls, and we had – another kid that was involved, and it was just, it was horrible. It was good to see, uh, you know, the powers to be step up and let the kids play. I just really feel for the seniors in all sports. Last year in the spring sports as well as this year in the fall, there were, you know, the football recruiting was totally different from what I'd seen in the past. Now, Coach, of course, that's, that's a pretty good segue. So you kind of uh, good minds think alike uh, here. Is that we heard earlier the NCAA Division One Council is extending the recruiting dead period to May 31st. This is huge in so many ways. I mean, you're talking about putting the kids behind the eight ball, way behind the eight ball. They're relying on their social media skills, and, and that, of course, is, is scary at times, along with a few other things that they're not going to get a chance. Uh, Coach, your thoughts here on, on how this is really going to have a mega effect on top of, by the way, these uh, these colleges gave uh, basically some free football to their senior, to their classes this year, and I understand that. And then you mix in this thing called a transfer portal. I mean, it seems like, man, the high school kids definitely uh, are having it at the hardest time right now. Oh, there's no doubt. I can just uh, uh, think back in the South Point days when, you know, when Clowney and Gilmore and that crowd were there, and we had them from Maine to Miami all the way out to, you know, mm-hmm. To the far west, you know, Ed, USC was coming in there and visiting, and you know our kids were getting to see all that and how the recruiting process was taking place. And you know, every kid has a dream of going on and playing at what they call the next level, and uh, whether that next level is Division One or a D three school, and whether they're a walk on or a full scholarship, uh, you know, <laughs> you tell kids all the time, you know, if you're a quarterback, there's only one of those gets to play on Saturday. You know, if you're a wide receiver, hey, there might be as many as five or six playing a game. And 
uh, the same position. And then you got this kid that, hey, I want to go play linebacker at Clemson. Well, Clemson may not even be recruiting a linebacker that year. And uh, mm. it's just uh, it's crazy how this this, this whole matrix works together. And uh, or, or it has to work for, you know, the stars have to line up perfect to get a kid you know, to a, a, a Division One or any school, any college or whatever. But uh, there's a place for everybody to play. You really got to love football, though, to do it because there's a lot of time involved, and uh, we try to tell all of them that. Hanging out right now on the campus at Legion, Core Legion, of course, uh, with the assistant head football coach as well as the assistant athletic director, Coach Bobby Carroll, here tonight on Southern Sports Central. Coach, last year, shortened playoffs, started after Labor Day, but for a guy like you, you've seen the state play uh, after Labor Day. Of course, back in the 90s, that's when we played, uh, you know, in my days. And then, of course, uh, the playoffs. We've seen the Sweet 16. We've seen the format before this year. And, of course, this year we're kind of shortened down a little bit. What's your thoughts on a perfect season all the way into a perfect postseason, Coach? What would you like to see uh, happen going forward? Well, I know this is probably uh, against popular belief or – people's desires, but I'm all for uh, just the top two going. You know, we got on that big concussion thing for so long and the amount of exposure and how much you could practice contact and all that. But, you know, just think about it. Uh, South Point won four state championships in a row. That's 60 high school football games they had to play in four years. 60 now. And that's not counting scrimmages and jamborees. And uh, that's that's just a long season. I, I You know – I see baseball and some of these other sports playing, you know, all through the week, and then most of those kids play on travel teams that go play all weekend. And, you know, your arm's only got so many pitches in it and so many throws in it and so many swings in it, and then you put uh, a kid on a football field. I just really think we ought to play ten games and take the top two teams and uh, let them those teams play for, a, a you know, a state champion or play for in the playoffs for a state championship and – you know, the whole deal, back we had 11 games, and then they cut it to 10, and they took four teams out of each region. And, you know, the region we were in this year only had five teams in it. You know, so uh, I think three of ours got to go. Uh, but, you know, that's just – it's just – that's my belief. I'm I'm old school, man. I played back in – I played high school football in the late 70s and 80. I graduated in 80, and uh, that's how it was then, and uh, I, I really liked it then. It's it's really a true state champion. But then again, I've seen teams. I don't know if it was Sumter or Gaffney or somebody went six and six, and they won the state championship back when the Big 16 was going. They, hmm. I, I don't know what their record was, but they automatically made the playoffs and went on to win it. So uh, you know anything <laughs> can happen. But but uh, just I don't know. We got to limit the number of games. You know that's a lot of games. You know Coach Aaron said, hey man, we played 60 football games in four years. That's that's crazy. That's that's wear and tear on a lot of bodies and. Uh, those coaches, families, and you know, it's just, it's just uh, really insane. But you know, uh, we'll we'll do whatever the what the powers to be, whatever the majority of the people want. That's we'll 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 do whatever they want to do. Now, coach, where, where's where's the, the alumni for you, coach? Uh, where, what high school did you did you attend back in the day? I, I played at York High School. Uh, I played at York High School, and the way I got into coaching, I went to PC to play, and. Hmm. Uh, I knew I wasn't going to the National Football League, so I said, man, I'd, I'd be the first dude in my family to graduate from college. My mom, I got three brothers, and none, none of them <laughs> finished college. And uh, my mom graduated and was a school teacher, so 
I wanted to teach and or, or possibly get into it. So I came to Winthrop. I transferred to Winthrop, and Coach Bobby Ivey was my Shrine Bowl coach. He was the head coach at Northwestern back then. That was 1983. And uh, I saw him out at a barbecue uh, in February. This local guy had a barbecue and invited all the coaches, and I know him from fishing and hunting and stuff. And I went out there, and uh, Coach Ivey said, hey, man, you want to coach football? He said, I think I can pay you $300. And I said, no, nah, man, I'll do it for free. Yeah, I want to coach. i got to do something. Well, lo and behold, I coached JVs for uh, like two years, and then Porter Kennington left, who was the linebacker coach. And Coach Ivey, uh, I don't know, he just liked me. I love that dude, and he, I owe him a, a, a ton for getting me into this profession. So, make a long story short, uh I became a varsity football coach two years into it and coaching linebackers and, and stayed at Northwestern for 22 years. But I was born and raised in York, played at York, and uh, ended up coaching at Northwestern and then South Point and then uh, York to coach my son and then uh, Legion. And uh, Hang it's on. all been a lot of fun. I tell you what, I love – this is the part of Southern Sports Central that I feel makes us different, Coach. Uh, you know, we can we can listen to a lot of things here and there, but to hear the stories of, from the coaches, from where you were to where you are, what motivated you, what put you in this place, even here tonight on Southern Sports Central, it, it is so much fun to hear after the game's all said and done. But, again, you know, for all that you've done for our state, you know, in so many years from playing in the state – to now coaching in the state at multiple places. Of course, now you're over there doing some things with an, uh, an AD role. You've also got, a, a, of course, the assistant head football uh, coach uh, title as well over there. But, uh, Coach Carroll, we appreciate all that you do, all that you've given. And uh, don't go anywhere because uh, we need guys like you in the business and around the state to make sure our guys get to the next level. And the ladies, by the way, because girls are, are, are definitely tearing it up on Friday night as well. No doubt. Listen, man, it's all about those players. That's that's what the whole thing's about. You know, coaches, uh, people ask me all the time, hey, man, you coached Javion Clowney. He he was on our team. I was just fortunate to be called the coach. Uh, <laughs> my wife could have coached that guy. And the same thing with Gilmore. You know, he's the NFL defensive player of the year and didn't put – the only time we ever played him, he was our nickelback. We put him in and – We'd play man under two deep zone against all these air raid teams and had him and Holloman standing on the hash, which was was, was incredible. But uh, he was our quarterback because he was our best athlete on the team. But, uh, you know, nobody had to coach those guys. That's DNA in their bodies that, that made them what they were. All we had to do was motivate them and make them love football. And uh, we had I was blessed with some absolutely amazing assistant coaches and uh, around some great players and, all I needed to do was drive the bus to the game, and uh, that's what it was all about. Well, Coach, keep driving that bus, keep pushing these kids, and uh, keep coming on this show. We're not done with you. Uh, we're going to get you in here as much as we can, definitely during the off season, because there's a lot of things I think that you can educate, entertain, and uh, help us here on Southern Sports Central. But uh, thanks again for all that you do. Thanks again for coming on tonight, and enjoy the rest of your Wednesday night. And uh, until next time, uh, stay safe. Yes, sir. Appreciate you guys having us, and uh, we appreciate what you guys do for high school football. You got it, Coach. There you go, ladies and gentlemen. The bus back on the road again as we now leave the campus of Legion Coalition with the assistant head football coach, assistant athletic director, Coach Bobby Carroll. As uh, it is, uh, it is football town USA to some. It's Rock Vegas to others, and on the map, it's called Rock Hill. That's where you see a lot of talent coming year after year 
after year after year. Uh, it comes out of that area, and he mentioned a bunch of dudes, and I'm telling you what, you can call them dogs and dudes, but you can call them NFL football players that come out of that area, and it's always fun to have uh, guys like uh, Coach Bobby Carroll. He's a legend, uh, and he continues to do so much. I mean, there's this so much about these coaches. When we get them in here, yes, we can read their history on wins and losses, but there's a lot more. There's a lot more. Just like if you looked at the back of a baseball card or football card, there's a lot more back there on that thing. And I asked you guys that question. If you had a card, what would the back of your card say? You know, Davo likes to say, what would it say between the dash? That's kind of some of the things that we're always thinking about here in uh, Southern Sports Central. Quick break. Come back in the bus slowly making its way up to, of course, the office of the South Carolina High School League and commissioner. Mr. Jerome Singleton going to join us here in about two minutes, guys. Don't go anywhere. Get the popcorn. Grab another soda. We'll be right back with another segment right after this, guys.
And welcome back, everybody. I'm Richie Allman. Welcome back to Southern Sports Central. Of course, alongside Eugene Bent, you can follow us on Facebook at Southern Sports Central and on Twitter at SO Sports Central. And you know, when you're bringing in the Nature Boy and some Rick Flair, you know somebody big's about to jump on the line with us. And let's head now to the South Carolina High School League Commissioner, Mr. Jerome Singleton, on the air with us here. Commissioner, thanks for taking some time tonight. Well, thank you for having me, big guy. Hey, it's a pleasure. I tell you what, Commissioner, we've uh, we've been wanting you in here for a minute, and it was uh, it was smiles on our faces all day today. It was like Christmas over here in the studio, uh, Commissioner. <laughs> well, I'm glad to have an opportunity to speak. Yes, sir. So, for those who who don't know, uh, let's let's give a little bio, if you don't mind, uh, Commissioner. As far as uh, you know, what got you into to doing what you get a chance to do seven days a week because you don't get any days off over there in the role that you in the sports always a season here in our great state of South Carolina but from your days from growing up and uh, all the way up to high school and and all in now of course like we said as you're now the commissioner of uh, the South Carolina High School League that's a lot of information you sure you got that kind of time <laughs> hey I got the I got an hour and a half <laughs> go ahead <sir. laughs> I got you. Yeah, actually born and raised in uh, in Charleston County, a little small town called uh, Hollywood, South Carolina. Uh, born and raised there. Actually went to school, a little small school called Baptist Hill. Uh, mm-hmm. When I left there, uh, that's my high school I went to, Baptist Hill. When I left there, I went to Newberry College, played some football while I was there. Uh, enjoyed that, really enjoyed it. Actually, my head coach was, I had two head coaches while I was there. One was Fred. Uh, Fred Heron, my freshman year, and then after my freshman year, my sophomore through my senior year was Reed Sharpie. I don't know if you know that name, but mm-hmm. great guy. I mean, uh, did a lot um, to help mold me to be the person that I am. And after those four years there at Newberry, I got my first job uh, I hired at Greenwood High School. And actually, uh, J.W. Pinky Babb was, was the coach at that time, and he hired me there. Actually, I was the last guy that he hired. Uh, a year later, he retired. I hope, hopefully, I didn't have any impact with him leaving early. But, again, <laughs> learned a lot there. Worked under uh, uh, Willis Burkett, who took over after that for him, and actually taught and coached there and had an opportunity to move into administration. Went to uh, Northside Junior High School while in Greenwood uh, and, and was an administrator there for a year. Uh, well, maybe it was two years. But anyway, uh, left there and actually went back home to South to Charleston, um, but coached at a high school called Burke High School. That's downtown Charleston, right near the Citadel. Familiar with them? Oh, back. yeah. When I went back, it was the only it was the only high school in the inner city at that time. Uh, so enjoyed those years there. And uh, and then, of course, uh, during that time, I was married and we had three kids. And my wife said, listen, I'm getting tired of raising all these kids by myself. <laughs> So uh, I got out, got out of coaching again, got back into administration, came back to Columbia, and and, and Dutch Fork High School was just opening at that time, and, and I was uh, hired to be an assistant uh, principal there, and worked there for three years, and so I still still had coaching in my blood, still really loved being around athletics, uh, had an opportunity to go work for the South Carolina High School League, and 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 did that and. Uh, uh, after 10 years, I had the opportunity to, to become uh, the commissioner of the South Carolina High School League, and now that's, that's where I'm at right now. For the last mm. 15 years, I've been commissioner of the South Carolina High School League. 15 years, I tell you what, Commissioner, you've uh, you, you had your hands full uh, this year, and, and it's still full, by the way. We'll get into some of that. And, uh, you know, you mentioned Burke High School. Of course, Southern Sports Central is right here in Somerville, 
And you know exactly where Somerville is. Of course, you grew up not too far down the road in Hollywood. And uh, you mentioned Burke High School. So I think about Mr. McLeod, who, of course, has one of the best bands in the great state of South Carolina year in and year out. I mean, you're talking about I love football, but, boy, halftime show at Burke High School on a Friday night, (laughs) unlike any other thing, right? (laughs) That's true. I mean, when the fans would show up, we weren't sure which one they were showing up for because (laughs) he drew a crowd. I can tell you that. And they they came. And if he went on the road, they traveled with him. He's a good friend of mine. Uh, Really, really, um, we have conversation all the time. And and I didn't go in a whole lot of detail there, but uh, Earl Brown, was the basketball mm. coach and athletic director, and he gave me my first opportunity as a head coach in a, in a football program. So I will always be indebted and appreciative to him and um, uh, Mr. Gilliard because they really took it up, took a chance on an old 26-year-old boy and gave him a shot. Look at there. It's a 26 years old, first job, head football coach, Bart High School. That's down the road from the Dell or the Citadel. For you guys who don't know uh, when I mentioned the Dell, what I'm talking about there, of course, uh, you know, uh, Commissioner, there's so much going on, and you've seen football and, and baseball. Now we're in basketball and wrestling season, which I applaud you guys for putting it together because I didn't think any of these seasons were going to happen back in, in July. And here we are talking second round of uh, the playoffs for wrestling. They're getting ready to start the first round of basketball. Uh, but before we get into the, the, the winter season, uh, Commissioner, let's look at the success that I thought we really ended up having at the end of it all in and the Friday night lights and the volleyball tournaments and, and the other sports, because yes, we talk football, but there were other sports that happened in the fall that got a chance to do what they needed to do to compete week in or week out, if you will, uh, kind of talk about kind of chasing a, a hurricane, the eye of the storm, if you will, when it came to COVID and, and really honestly uh, just thanking the good Lord above that it all came together at the end. Truly. You know, I like you, um, we, uh, my staff and I, we weren't real sure that we were going to be able to have uh, a fall sports season. I mean, nothing really pointed in the direction of saying that if you do this and you do this and you do this, you're going to be able to have a season. Or if you waited until this time, you're going to be able to have a season. We truly didn't know. Um, so we just started making some plans, talking with all the people that were, uh, we consider to be key stakeholders, uh, especially the medical group, uh, DHEC and C2C and, and the likes, and our sports medicine advisory committee and and just continue to have conversation with them, but also involved our member schools, you know, representatives, principals, athletic directors, coaches, had conversation with them and, and just kind of figuring out what could we possibly do if we can do it, how can we do it? So back in July, we weren't sure that it could happen. But, you know, as, as time went along, and the first thing we recognized is that we don't know what we don't know. So we were going to have to be very fluid in whatever we do, make decisions. We may have to make adjustments. On, on, the, on the fly. And I got to tell you, our member schools did that, especially in the fall. I mean, there was one day we thought we were going this direction. The next day we had to go in a total different direction. But you know what? They adjusted. If there's ever a time to talk about teamwork, I was so proud of the, to be a part of the uh, South Carolina High School League and those member schools because I think we worked best as a team as we ever could. And while doing it, we took lessons learned and on the fly and made adjustments with lessons learned. The mantra or the, or the big call at the very beginning was just allow the kids to play, even if no spectators can be there. Let's make sure that they could possibly have a season. Nobody wants to look back at what the spring sports went through last year. Nobody wanted to see that again. And so we were very calculative, took our time, looked at things, always knowing that at any point we will have to change, change direction or, or change a midstream or, or make a new decision. 
but everybody exhibited teamwork. And we were very calculative, and we worked through it, and we got to where fans could be there. Again, the the the, the cry was, give them a chance to play, even if nobody can be around. Just give them an opportunity to enjoy a sports season. And I think we worked there, and we had a chance to do playoffs, and, and we had a championship. And then look at, look at what happened next. We were able to begin the winter sports season, and we had a regular season. Uh, we're about to move into playoffs and hopefully have a championship. And, again, you know, with the same thought process, take lessons learned, use that blueprint, and let's see if we can give spring. That's the biggest one. We don't need a second year of what we went through last year for spring sports. I totally agree with yours. We're hanging out, at, of course, uh, with the man that runs it from the capital city of Columbia, South Carolina, the South Carolina High School League Commissioner, Mr. Jerome Singleton, hanging out here for the first and opening, uh, Commissioner. You are always, and, and anybody on your boards, always welcome here. And you know, to give you guys a platform, a voice to reach out to our athletes, to their coaches, to uh, the students, and of course the parents. You know, this is the place that we feel comfortable that you know we get that message across. So for you to come on here tonight just shows me, makes me feel like I'm doing something right, at least going in the right direction here, Commissioners. I feel like our state is is doing that. It's we're always trying to be the leader, right? We want to be what everybody wants to be like, whether it be Georgia looking this way or North Carolina looking down or Florida looking up. They want to say, you look at South Carolina. They're they're playing their sports. They're staying, you know, to compliance to whatever the rules may or may not be, you know, uh, in front of them. But, Commissioner, when it came down to it, to the winter sports, that definitely opened up a new can of worms for us because even though football and, and some of those sports were outside, now we're taking the wrestling one-on-one, you know, with uh, the bodies and all that stuff on top of each other, the basketball in a very close environment there as well. How nervous are you, were you, and and what are some of the things that you're learning through this process? Sure. As I spoke about earlier, you know, lessons learned, and my staff and I, you know, we tried to pay attention to this thing every day, all day. That's exactly what we did. So as we moved through the winter sports, we knew there was going to be new challenges. Again, like you said, the, the other sports, with the exception of volleyball, were held outside. Ventilation wasn't truly an issue. But once we moved inside, the weather was getting cold. Uh, ventilation could be an issue. It was going to be close proximity to each other. All type of challenges were wrapped around that. But one thing we made a decision on, we had a, uh, uh, a statewide view of what that would be like. We had a statewide view of what uh, the challenges would possibly be. We didn't have a local view. So that's why we leaned back to our member schools and told them, you need to make a local decision on what's best for your community. And, and, but if we're going to try to do it, here are some opportunities and here are some guidelines that we can operate under. So we always yielded to the local school district so that they can make decisions based on what's best for their community. There was no penalty to play or not play or to start playing and quit playing and come back and start playing. We worked through that through the fall, and we came back with us through the through the uh, through the winter sports season. And and you you if you if you recall, at the beginning of our winter sports season, we were canceling or postponing as many games as we were playing each night because mm-hmm. the virus would kick in. And I I I want to stop and take an opportunity to say I'm so proud uh, 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 and so thankful and so appreciative of our member schools making the decision to place the student safety first over any uh, opportunity to win or lose. If they felt like they had an issue and uh, somebody contracted the virus at their school, 
they chose to say, well, you know what, we're going to shut down. And we're going to call, because we don't want to contaminate any other communities. We don't want to contaminate any other schools. We want to make sure that we take care of our kids. Teamwork. I mean, this is the one time where, where, where I think opportunity just to play outweighed any type of uh, I got to have a win. Hanging out, talking about winning. We're doing that tonight with the South Carolina High School League Commissioner, Mr. Jerome Singleton, joining us here the first of many times here on Southern Sports Central as we're coming to you live from Charleston, South Carolina, his home, uh, by the way, where he grew up, went to school, as we learned here tonight over there at, of course, uh, Baptist Hill. That's in Hollywood, South Carolina, not California. But uh, that being said, now, <laughs> Commissioner, <laughs> and, and I got to tell you what, there's some good ball coming out of out of Baptist Hill. That's a school that I think that needs a little bit more attention because they've got a lot of guys that come in and out of there as well as a few of the other schools that you mentioned uh, around the state. Now, that being said, going into baseball season, and I, and I applaud you guys as well on this front. I thought you guys did a great job of putting the, the schedule for the spring sports. You guys set that out there early. You know, it wasn't one of those things. Because, again, you didn't know until you knew. And that, unfortunately, the, the winners of the fall sports were kind of – I don't like to use the word guinea pig, right? But but that's where we learned a lot of this, right? So we go forward, we got better in the winter season, and you gave the format for the for the spring sports out pretty early. So that gave a lot of the coaches, the players, the parents. Again, that that's some of the conversations I'm sure you you get a lot as well about what we're going to do when the seasons are going to start. And again, I thought that was a great job for you guys to get that out there early. And I'm talking a month ago or so. Truly, I'm, I'm just a spokesperson for it. I've got the best staff that probably exists in any state association that that works. I've got a, a staff that works hard, tirelessly, and they're always looking at new ways to make things work. But we did use what we had in the fall as our blueprint and figure out how we can tweak it and, and take some lessons learned and move forward. What we didn't want to do was put something out there that we're totally going to come back and say, listen, scratch all of that. We've got to start over. So as we, that's what slowed us down coming out in the fall. We wanted to be sure that we were deliberate and intentional in what we were doing. And then in the winter, we kind of got a little bit quicker. And then in the spring, we kind of feel like we've got an idea of where we're headed. But, you know, this virus, we can't see it. So we don't know how to duck. We don't know when to turn around. We don't know <laughs> to tell somebody it's coming. It just shows itself up, and it changes all the time. So we... We think we know where we are, and if, and if, as we say down in Charleston, if the creek don't rise, we got a chance. We got a chance. That we, yeah, we say that <laughs> quite a bit on here as well. If the creek don't rise, and uh, the good Lord will, and we, we'll be playing some sports here in the great state of South Carolina. And of course, the commissioner joining us here tonight. You know, and, and I look at COVID, Commissioner, is uh, if you took a tornado, an earthquake, and a hurricane put together, that would be what COVID is basically like. I mean, it's it is the toughest thing to kind of figure out or try to track uh, going forward. Now, that being said, uh, you guys had a vote last week. By the way, uh, the whole state stood up for you guys when you guys decided to let the spring practice become a thing for the, for the, for the fall sports because they missed out last year. And then we got the news today, and I'm sure you've seen that, that the NCAA now pushing back the, uh, the dead period all the way back to May 31st. And so that may make – I feel like it helps the the spring guys stay on track and kind of get ready for the season. But, Commissioner, what's your thoughts? You've coached, you've played, now you're in a, at the position you're in. Do you like the spring sports uh, – or, excuse me, do you like the spring practice for the fall sports? What's your thoughts on that? 
Well, I think anytime we can get an opportunity to to uh, take advantage of, um, you know, being involved with our students, even when their season is not in, we need to do that because there's so much value and and uh, the student athletes being exposed to those role models that we call coaches. Um, so any not this spring. I mean, when if any time we got an open season practice opportunity, I think it works great for us because. You look at our coach at, at the coaches in South Carolina and the way they way they operate. I would I would challenge any other state to have a better uh, a better plan for those kids. Do we do we try to take opportunity to to uh, strategically figure out how to put together a W? Yes, but do we actually look at the kid in ways other than just being an athlete and they're truly a young man or young woman that we're trying to, to help to. Uh, mature and and be a good citizen, I think they take that above everything else. Because you look at a team, pick one. I don't care who you pick. All the kids that they have involved with them versus the number of them that gets an opportunity to get a scholarship is such a small number that gets scholarship versus all that they've been involved with. But the one that they'll all tell you that they're proud of is the one that comes back after they've been going for a few years and thank the coach for all that he or she has done for them. That's the one that they really treasure more. Sure, the one that gets in the paper, the one that gets the scholarship, the one that, you know, name stays in the paper all the time. And that's fantastic. And I think those there's a place for that. But give those kids an opportunity to get in front of those great role models. I've had them. You've had them. I've tried to be one. And it's just that becomes – I like that more. I can speak to that more than I can anything else. I love it. I agree with you 100%. Now, staying in the spring, and this is something I wasn't sure. I circled it about 30,000 times uh, once we got the green that you were coming on tonight, and that is seven-on-sevens, uh, Commissioner. You know, seven-on-seven wasn't around when I played back in the 90s up there at Socasty, uh for uh, Coach Brown and Coach Gold, but, but here it is. It's a thing now, right? And, and I'm just, you know, as a guy that's played the sport, a guy that's coached it, you know, you don't have to have the commissioner hat on this one. If you don't want to take it off real quick, put back on the head football coaching job. That's fine. But I just – what's your thoughts on seven-on-seven? Seven? And we've asked every coach uh, across the state the same question. Well, seven-on-seven seven kind of changed the game a little bit. You know, one time uh, the real powerhouse were run-oriented. You know, get me mm-hmm. a field back that can carry it 40, 50 times. That's my guy that we will do it. But then, you know, now with time changing, I mean, the game has changed. So it involves a lot more uh, playmakers than just a great running back. So, uh, uh, you know, when the option was in, if you had a good pullback and a good tailback and a quarterback to make good decisions, you were going to be okay. You, know, you could throw the dump to the tight end if everybody stopped running in. Then every now and then on the backside split in, you throw that, uh, you fake it and you throw that post to him running across and everybody's coming downhill. That's when you threw it ten times, you had a passing attack. Well, now if you run it five times, you wonder what's wrong with you. So, the the passing league has helped to to promote the game and make the game better. I don't want us to get away from what the purity of the game is, though. Passing league is a form of football, but that's not truly all the aspects of football. There's a lot of hitting, a lot of blocking that occurs with it, the blocking tackle. If anybody ever asked you what's the fundamental of football, it's blocking and tackling. Now, again, we got catching and throwing and running and, and all that other piece to it. As long as we don't lose sight of what it is, oh, and, and unfortunately, there are some outside entities 
that will take advantage of those and try to pull the kids away from that training ground to make mm-hmm. that there's not what it's about. That's not why we even started it. If you talk to a coach, they'll tell you that's not why they started it. It used to be we just to throw it around with each other. Then we got a chance to throw it against other schools, and then all of a sudden it got bigger. Somebody decided, well, you know what, why don't we do a tournament on this? And that's fine, truly, if it helps in your preparation. But um, it's not going to be a reunion for winning the um, passing league championship. They're not all going to come back and do that. But if they win the football championship, there's a connection that they come back for. So, you know, I appreciate the outside entities, but they've got their place. And I think if our coaches use it for its purpose, for training, then I think it serves everybody well. If we don't, then I think we just create challenges for ourselves. Again, some good conversation here, uh, wrapping it up with the South Carolina High School League Commissioner, Mr. Jerome Singleton, talking about the 707s. And I agree with you, as long as it's being a process and not being used as a business, right? I mean, as long as it's not a self-gain from uh, others, right? That, that I agree with that a thousand percent, and we're going to quote you on that. And Eugene, you quote me too, because that's my concern on some of this. Is it becomes a business for some? This needs to be a process of getting our athletes better. And as long as you put my athlete first, you know, hey, I'm, I'm game for any of that, right, Commish? Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> now, I'm going to stick with another question. This one, uh, again, circled this a thousand times. Eight-quarter rule, right? I mean, it was something that's been here and there and everywhere since the 80s, 90s, and, and so on. Now, we, we heard from some coaches on this earlier tonight, but I'm kind of curious your thoughts on, on the eight-quarter rule. And, again, I know safety protocols and all that, but give me your breakdown of why we have it or do you ever see it changing? I don't I... – I don't see it changing, especially with all the um, medical research that we know of. And, and, you know, every time you play the game, there's a high opportunity that there's an injury to occur. So the more that you play, um, the higher the risk that you could have an injury. Um, the eight-quarter rule, uh, you know, it was there and served its purpose. And fan of when you know better, you got to do better. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I believe we know better. We don't – colleges don't play eight quarters. Professionals don't play eight quarters. Actually, a lot of your varsity team starters won't play eight quarters. So we're taking the, the what would be, lack, for lack of a better term, the lesser experienced athlete and say, you know what, we want you to play more. Who is at more of a higher risk than that group? So I just think once we know better, we do better. I mean, there's too many, there's too much research out there that shows that, that sometimes you can't put that body through those many challenges. And there's no sense trying to play games with it by saying, you know what, eight quarters to play six quarters. You know, a game is a game is a game. Nobody can dictate when you go in or how long you're in. It doesn't take but one play to actually get injured. So it, it, if we could identify that you could play 100 plays before something happens, then I'm all in. But you can't. You know, mm-hmm. but you and I have seen them. I've coached them. The best, best tailback we've had at Greenwood, for, uh, when I first got there, three years in a row, our best tailback. First practice that we had a scrimmage, they get their legs hurt. Each time, first practice that we had a scrimmage, they get hurt. Three years in a row. So you, they can't tell me that it, that you can identify or quantify when they're going to get hurt. Because a play is a play is a play. And so we we've listened to four quarters, but I think one game is good. 
Yeah, I kind of put it in, in, in terminology, uh, being a former baseball player and, and even playing in the college level with it as well. Being a pitcher, you've only got so many uh, clicks on that shoulder. And, and we actually had Coach Bobby Carroll on with us right before you. And, and you, as a running back, the same's got to be for the legs too, right? You don't want to put too many miles on the tires Absolutely. and expect that thing to run forever, Absolutely. right? <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> So the final two things I want to ask you about, and I won't keep you because you promised me 30 and I'm not going to be greedy here tonight because I want you to come back and I hope that, that you, you felt well and, and welcomed here tonight on our show. And, of course, we're we're Charlestonians, man, so this is for you coming home, Commissioner, so we're glad to have you home with us on Southern North Central. Thank you. But uh, that yes, being sir. said, you know, Sweet 16 was a conversation back in the 90s when I played. Uh, they had, of course, uh, things were different. We started later because uh, up in Myrtle Beach, you know, tourism was a thing. It still is. You know, we started after Labor Day. We did that this year, by the way. Uh, the playoffs were different even this year, right? We went up to only two teams. This is not going to probably be a, a favorite to some listeners, maybe some coaches, but I liked it only because of the reason that every game was a playoff game, kind of like college. You had to win every game. It put a more emphasis on the game that you had to play week after week. Uh, that being said, you know, I ask you the question, do you like to have the season started maybe or something we look at starting after Labor Day? And then do you like the, the, the playoff maybe to kind of look a little bit and, and learn from some of the things that we went through this past season? Fair question. I think uh, we all recognize that probably the hardest – the hottest time of our season is probably in July. And if we could just delay that just a little bit to give the, uh, we probably could um, uh, operate in a, in a much cooler uh, condition. Um, so the, the the starting later is, is truly black acclimatization. That, that's truly what it is for. Um, and if we do that, I mean, we've got when we start later, unless we move the other sport that follows it, then we're going to be infringing on that. So we got to figure out ways to shorten it if we do. So the the we moved it a good way, and so we shorten it by a week for for playoff purposes, um, so that we can end it at the same time that we normally do. Uh, there's a lot of them that said that you know they they for the same reason you spoke to they like the fact that you know each round. Was 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 a good round. There was very little forty nothing wins, but there but there were a few teams that came in um, that was um, if any three and seven versus a seven and three. You know, you get my point. But even though we didn't play that many games, but I'm just saying you did, you had what was considered a, a much more competitive first round game, and 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 even in the perfect world, and we don't have it this way because not each class has eight regions with the same number of teams in each region, which means you take the top two teams out of each region and that creates your 16. It's not like that. Sometimes we've got seven regions, so some regions will probably get uh, uh, three teams in it. But it, it, in a perfect world, if you could get the number one and number two team playing against each other in the first round, that's a pretty good game. And then after that, it's all number one. Even if the two beat a one is now considered, if you knock the number one off, you're considered a number one type team coming through. So, I mean, it makes it a lot more exciting. And we just got to decide on what's most important. Is it about giving the greatest number of kids an opportunity to play in the, in the largest number of games, or is it about, you know, eliminating them as soon as we can so we can give a fewer number the ability to play longer? I, 
I like the 16 rounds. I like the 16 teams, but it's a membership decision. If they decide they want to have more than that, I mean, that's what we do because we're here to serve the membership, and that's truly what it is. We're not a, a single sports association. We are all sports association here, and, and it's truly governed by the membership. Well, I look forward to watching how, the, of course, the season in 21. We still got to get through the 2020-2021 season, as I know wrestling's happening tonight uh, around the state. Basketball's wrapping up their final uh, week uh, here in uh, the state of South Carolina. There's just a lot going on. And, again, for you guys to just allow this to happen, right? I mean, because North Carolina didn't even, didn't even think about it. It just was done, not even a possibility. Georgia, I think, I know they played. Of course, we played our season. And uh, on behalf of all of us at Southern Sports Central Commissioner, to all of you guys over there at the South Carolina High School League team, that you guys, you know, again, I couldn't imagine. Ooh, I couldn't imagine. I, you know, <laughs> it's easy to see it from here. And I've been, I was a play-by-play guy for Coach McKissick and even Coach Call when he was at Somerville and uh, spent this past season over at Fort Dorchester with Coach LaPrade. And uh, it's easy to call the shots when I'm over here. I, I don't know if it's quite as easy when I'm in y'all's shoes. <laughs> well, we enjoy doing what we do and again we have such a great membership and, and I, I think our membership is the envy of a lot of state associations because we do have the ability to talk to each other but uh, you know a big part of it too is is the media and, and the guys and the work that you guys do to help us promote what we're doing you know that goes without saying that we really appreciate that because that makes a difference you helped us to get our message out better than we ever could in any other way and, again, you know, while, while sometimes you come with challenging questions, listen, I don't take it personal. I'm going to answer it the way I think it needs to be answered to, to the best that I possibly can. Sometimes it's not, it's not the popular answer, but you've got to do the right thing even when it's not popular, in my opinion. Well, that's, that's the true character of a person, right, Coach? Or commission. When, when things are against, yeah. your back's against the wall, you know, that's when you get a chance to see the real person. We, I tell my kids, I got four yeah. kids, and I tell them this all the time. And so you guys, of course, are living that day after day. And I want to, again, you know, bring the rest of the board on the show. I would love, you know, for me tonight, Commissioner, it was a chance for us to get to know. For some people never knew you grew up in Hollywood, went to Baptist Hill, spent that four years at Newberry. And, you know, for me, that, that it, it just means more, right? It, 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 it becomes a little more personable. And, and I feel like we're all family here in our state. I think our coaches – and you guys, everybody comes together, and together we can achieve more. That's been a slogan for a long time, and I don't think it's going anywhere. Commissioner, thanks again for hanging out tonight, and let's do it again soon. Well, thank you much. And, and again, you know, we've got our wrestling championship coming up this weekend, and then in a couple of weeks we're going to have uh, a basketball championship, and also we have our uh, individual wrestling championship coming in, coming up also. And we've been fortunate to have great sponsors to work with us. Um, we have a couple of new ones that just came on, one of them being uh, 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 Miles Split, and the other one being uh, the Technical College and the, 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 the South Carolina Technical uh, College System. Those two have just got in with us, and, and they're supporting us, which gives us a great chance to support our athletes. And we're very critical of who, who we align ourselves with. So I think those are two great groups that, that are doing it for us. Well, Commissioner, I know you don't do a lot of radio and TV, so for us to have a chance to do this with you tonight means the world to me personally. I started this dream 12 years ago with some advice from Coach McKissick that said, if you want it done, you got to do it yourself. And so I did it 12 years ago, and here I am tonight <laughs> on the 17th day of uh, February in 21, uh, making it happen with you and me. So uh, I, next time you come back down to Charleston, come home, reach out to me, and uh, let's grab something to eat. Let's catch up a little bit, and we'll talk some sports uh, off air a little bit. 
Fantastic. And I, again, I appreciate and league appreciate and, and the whole membership appreciate all that you do. Thank you very much, Commissioner. Enjoy the night. God bless. Stay safe. And we'll see you at the next game. Yes, sir. Thank you. Bye now. All right, guys, there you go. And is wrapping up our number two in style. Look at that. I tell you what, I really enjoyed the opportunity to get the chance to get to know our commissioner, Mr. Jerome Singleton, with the South Carolina High School League. Uh, Eugene, we'll take a break here in just a second. But, but to, again, I, I knew he was from Charleston. I knew that part. I didn't realize he went, to, he went to Baptist Hill over there in the big bright lights of Hollywood, South Carolina. Of course, I've got a buddy of mine who owns a restaurant over there. Good food, by the way. Always good food in places and small towns uh, across the great state of South Carolina. But again, not surprised he's got that connection to Newberry because there's so many great guys and uh, girls that have gone through uh, that great place of Newberry College. They still continue to put out great uh, leaders day in and day out. Of course, uh, all the school he spent time out. And of course, Bob got his first chance to coach over there with uh, – uh, Burke High School, Mr. McLeod, who I know really well, and I think the world of Mr. McLeod, I tell you, he's right. When they go to Burke High School, there's some football, but let's be honest. They like that band. It's that, it's that halftime show that uh, loads it up and uh, rolls it out. That being said, we got to roll. We got to go to the top of the hour because it is time to head to Cross High School. The athletic director, the head football coach, Sean Wright, doing the right thing, coming back on Southern Sports Central to start us in hour number three, guys. Don't go anywhere. To Southern Sports Central, your source for all things sports, with your host, Richie Altman, Richie Altman. and Eugene Benton taking your call at 323-784-9681. Now, let's join Richie in the studio. Southern Sports Central rolling through a wonderful night here on a Wednesday night in Charleston, South Carolina. The Palmetto State is shining bright here tonight on Southern Sports Central. I'm Rich Yaubin. On the other side of the glass, Eugene Benton. Come on in, call in, hang out. The number to call is 323-784-9681. You can find us on the web, social media style, Southern Sports Central Facebook, SO Sports Central Twitter. And we do a little gram work. That's the Instagram at Southern Sports Central. But when I brought this introduction in, it's like if you keep up with the Instagram and the social media of this guy, he's the athletic director, the head football coach of Cross High School over there in Cross, South Carolina. Sean Wright still looks like he could play some football today. Working out in the gym like he hadn't lost a step. What's up, coach? 
How's life over in Cross on a Wednesday night? How you guys doing? Well, life is good, man. We just had the commissioner on. That's a feather in the cap. We got you on. I'm feeling stronger right off the rip, man. This is a great way to start hour three. I don't. I, to follow that group that you guys just had, I listened to everybody who y'all had speak. I don't know why I'm I'm in this position. I should have gone first. <laughs> yeah, I love it. Y'all I love the humble side. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's been a good show. And, I mean, you know, we still got one more guy after you because uh, coming up right after you, we go to the Grand Strand over there to the uh, to uh, Myrtle Beach Collegiate with the athletic director and head football coach over there, Ryan Williams, who uh, I'm not sure, I'm sure, but you being a football and an athletic director, you, you've probably run into a few. It's kind of a new scheme, and, uh, you know, they're doing some things. So we're looking forward to 830. But, man, you and I got a lot to catch up, man. It's been too long, and uh, I know you've been pounding it. You, you've become a gym rat here the last uh, couple of months. Uh, I don't know if you're trying to outdo your team, but, man, you're leading by example in the weight room. I give you that. Well, i tell you what, you know, when when uh, COVID hit, it pretty much shut everything down. And I think from Thanksgiving to Christmas, you know, I put on some pounds that I didn't have before. And so I'm just trying like crazy to get this this off of me. And you're right. I You know, I try to present, you know, to my players what it should look like. You know, to me, the coach can get in there and work out and do the things that they do, you know, they feel more inclined to keep doing what they're doing. So I try to lead by example. Yeah, well, you've done a great job of that way before COVID, and you're going to do it afterwards. And let me start off by saying, man, our thoughts and prayers are with you and your family. I know uh, uh, a little while back you lost somebody very close to you, uh, Coach, and, man, it, 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 it definitely sent shockwaves through the world of social media and, of course, here at the studio uh, we all wanted to call you, man, but, but but we know that your phone was ringing off the hook, and I'm sure you had a lot of amazing people around you. Yeah, you know, uh, October 7th, that day will forever be, you know, uh, in my mind. That's the day I lost my my, my father. He, uh, you know, he was – he had survived um, a kidney transplant uh, in his 50s. He survived uh, lung cancer at 75. And then at 84, you know, and we don't still not to this day don't know how he, how he you know, contacted uh, COVID, but that was the thing that took him out. But, um, mm. but you know, that, that, was, that was real for us. So, I, you know, I, I definitely respect COVID and, and what it has done throughout the world um, as we continue to try to strive, you know, throughout this process, throughout this deal. As we're live right now, hanging out at Cross High School. As the bus is pulled into the parking lot, we've got him mic'd up, ready to rock and roll. He's got a seat, by the way, here with us on the show as a regular guest. And, uh, matter of fact, he could co-host it with us. He does a great job. And, of course, that is uh, the athletic director, head football coach over at Cross High School, Sean Wright, doing it right day in and day out uh, from, uh, well, everything, basically. Uh, no offseason for you, Coach, by the way, as, uh, you know, we – basketball season wrestling season you got of course the spring coming up but uh you know with you losing your father you know you still were able to maintain everything and again you know COVID is it, it, it's a real thing you know and I understand that uh you know there's a lot of people who uh you know can say this or say that but I, I gotta tell you man when it hits close to home literally for you you know it, it's something that you become almost a spokesman for yeah you know um prior to the season um I had COVID in in 
I think it was early, late July, early August. And so, you know, when I dealt with it, it was, it wasn't that bad. You know, it, I, I kind of had a little, like a little short fever. Um, but that was basically it. Um, and then I got through that and then, you know, football season came and there were no issues, but I saw, you know, around, you know, the area and around the country, how various people dealt with it. And, you know, it hits everybody different, you know, no, you know, no one, no one person, um, it affects, you know, the same way. So, you know, it's, it's definitely one to, you know, keep an eye out there and, you know, you know, and respect it. And that's what we're doing now. Um, but thank God we were able to have a football season. Yeah, we definitely had a football season. had a championship. We crowned some champions at the end of it all. It took a little extra time for, uh, you know, one of the classifications because of COVID actually uh, it hit one of the teams. And, of course, they moved it back a little bit. But, uh, boy, the big, the big A, as they call it, over there by the promised land, Abbeville ended up winning that one along with four other state champions crowned uh, after the season was over. Coach, let me ask you, though, different type of season you know you've played the game uh you're, you're from of course uh, the state you, you played in the state you understand you know the sweet 16 conversations to starting after labor day and i'll start with that question first usually we save it for later but you know what did you like about the season as you heard us with the commissioner where i like i like the every game counts type of mentality it makes every game have a little bit more emphasis on it kind of like what you see in college football if you lose a game it could be the game that kept you out but I also understand some of the other sides when the guys like Saluda a couple of years ago won a state championship and were like one of the seeds out of the back end that found a way to get to the front, though. So what was, what's your thought on the season and going forward? Well, if we're talking about, you know, how many teams that you want to get into qualifying for playoffs, I'm going to be a little different than than the average because – when we won the state championship in 2012, we finished third in the region. And, you know, the, one of the reasons why we finished third in the region was because our quarterback um, got hurt the second series of our homecoming game against St. John's. And St. John's, at that time, there were four classifications, and we had split champions in all classifications except 3 eight. And St. John's, that team ended up uh, playing in the lower state championship game against, I think it was Johnsonville. Um, and they beat us, but, you know, I thought they beat us because our quarterback got hurt in the second series of the game. We were leading 13-7 to at the time. And so he didn't so, – so he was out that game. And, then of course, we lost the Baptist Hill game um, the following week, which he was still hurt. But we had the unique situation of having a bye at the end of the year. So we got him healthy during the bye week. And, you know, like I said, we finished third. He got healthy. And once he came back, that reinvigorated our team. And we went on a historical run and won a state championship. So, you know, I'm not, I'm not one to, you know, I'm not like everybody else. You know, I think, you know, Three, the third place team, the second place uh, second place team. You know what's the difference? I think those those two teams, third and second, are really really close. Um, so you know I, I'm in favor for maybe not four, but definitely the top three. Top three, yeah, because there was a team like you mentioned. Uh, even look back at Greenville, where we had their 
They're, uh, of course, head football coach joined us here to start the uh, the guest list at least at 630, where, of course, uh, Coach Porter, you know, he missed it, had the same record as the other two, but the point differential and things like that played a big factor. And, and then you look at the, the two teams that got in, lost in the first round, right? Who's to say that would have happened to Greenville? So, yeah, th- there's, a lot of, uh, there's a lot of entities here, so I'm very curious to see how things go forward uh, with that being said. Now, the, the one thing, a positive that we saw that we heard last week, a Wednesday uh, a week ago today, where the whole state of South Carolina in the world of football stood up and applauded almost as loud. I don't know if it was as loud. John, as it was when we heard that, uh, you know, um, that, that one video game that's going to be coming back, it looks like, uh, you know, the, the big college football game that's going to be coming out here soon. That was probably the loudest I've ever heard every grown man scream, right, when uh, EA Sports said they're going to bring back college football. But when they went and said that we'd be playing or practicing spring football, uh, that was a big win in a big way, especially after hearing the news today about the dead period being pushed all the way back to May 31st as an athletic director and a coach. Man, uh that's a that's a big hit this afternoon when we got that word about the NCAA pushing back the dead period, huh? Yeah, that was a big hit. And, you know, I feel sorry for our current seniors and even for our juniors because right now the only way they can kind of sell themselves is through a computer. Um, okay. You know, and to me, it's nothing like being face-to-face um, and, and, and being able to talk to someone you know, where they can see body language, where they can see eye contact, you know, um, you know, I think, you know, it's kind of easy to hide deficiencies behind a computer screen. And, you know, I just don't know how well, you know, unless you just show enough five-star, four-star athlete that you can truly sell yourself to these colleges. And, uh, and so, you know, that's, that's kind of, we're kind of taking the back seat to that in this situation right now. So I'm hoping that, you know, continues to get better. Hanging out on the campus of Cross High School. They put out some dudes and some dogs across the great state of South Carolina as well over there at Cross High School with their athletic director, head football coach, Sean Wright, talking about the do's and don'ts and all the wills and wants of high school sports here in football in general as uh, we're looking forward to getting back into it. And, and again, virtually, uh, Coach, you know, you, you can't really – how do you say, uh, you can't zoom a 40, right? I mean, that, that to me is the biggest fear I have. And, and I do applaud the guys right. over there at the national preps who are putting together uh, a, a big camp coming up on April 11th over at nation four with, uh, coach Jeff Mullen, who's inviting a ton of kids from around the state, uh, to, to participate in this, because what, what do we do coach? I mean, as an athletic director, as a head football coach, you know, what do we got to do to get these kids recognized? Because to be honest with you, Sending game film after game film after game film, I mean, that's a, that's a lot of game film, not just from the low country, but from around the country. Well, and, and, and it's, it's funny you said that because when Shane Beamer first got the job at uh, South Carolina, and, and, he, and I, I'm sure he called every head coach because he, he gave me a phone call in my office um, at the school, and one of the questions I asked him was, you know, do you think we'll be able to have or you guys will be able to have camps? Because, you know, I'm realistic. I coach at a small school. And for our kids to even have a chance at a power five, you know, is they're not just going to look at our guys' film and say, okay, well, we're going to offer this kid a scholarship. So our kids are going to have to be seen 
by those Division One coaches. Um, and for Jeff, who you know, who now works for the National Prep, um, to have this type of showcase, you know, that's imperative for our kids, especially to get themselves seen by the college coaches, because there's no guarantee that, you know, these schools will be open to host camps like uh, we once were. So, you know, it's, it's very important. Uh, and I think it's, it's necessary that, you know, Jeff Mullen is putting on these type of showcases and any showcases that, you know, can, can get our kids out there and seen, you know, will be beneficial to them. Hanging out with the head football coach, athletic director over at Cross High School, Sean Wright, talking about what do we need to do? What do we have to do? What has to happen to get these uh, the seniors who, of course, uh, will be graduating here in a few, well, now I guess three or four months because of all the weirdness that's happened with the scheduling. But we're already, uh, you know, uh, Coach Sean, we're already looking at the kids in 22. And, and let's be honest, they're already hard to be – it's hard to say, but – they're already being affected by this because of even the little things like this new dead period pushed back. I mean, you know, because with the two signing periods, that's, that's a conversation. The transfer portal, that's a conversation. Uh, the free football, right? I mean, because that's one thing that these kids in college just got. They can come back if they want for another year because they weren't hit with the year. And then, of course, uh, you know, uh, the dead period. I mean, there's so many things that are really, for you athletic directors and also head football coaches, man, your job is – definitely a lot harder than it's ever been oh it is um and you know and i've talked to several different you know high school coaches about the same um the same ordeal but you know we all facing the same problems and you know the hardest part is uh you know you got the current seniors that are in college or current juniors that you know are opting to stay in school and so that's another issue because you know, are, you know, is the NCAA are they going to up the number of actual scholarships that you can have on on the team? I mean, I don't know if that's been been said yet. You know, have y'all heard anything about that? Eugene, I know we've actually been in conversations with the NCAA. We've actually had them on the phone, so we've actually, we tried to do what we yeah. can. But Eugene, I know that was one of the projects that I had put you on. What do you know about the uh, the numbers? Yeah, Sean. Uh, so I called them a couple weeks ago. Uh, right before today, actually, and uh, during that conversation, I spoke with the legislative division up in Indianapolis. Uh, at the time, there was actually no scheduled hearing to push back the dead period. Uh, there was nothing wow. on the docket, and that came up last Wednesday. Uh, one of these smaller schools, there's a committee uh, for football, and Alabama is the only <laughs> member of the SEC. I think the ACC has two. There's a bunch of group of five on there, um, and then a, a couple smaller schools that are Division One, what we would consider Division One AA. Um, but they had proposed. Then all of a sudden, last Wednesday, they put a motion before to be heard today uh, to move it back. Uh, so that did occur, and they didn't. They haven't announced it yet, and I keep logging in to see if the notes, the the uh, meeting notes, have been updated. They have not, but some very very tight sources that have been correct all along said yes. Here's what the deal on the 85 scholarship rule is. In December, uh, actually going back to August, when they first proposed that uh, an athlete in their quote-unquote final year of eligibility, meaning the seniors, uh, could opt to play and it not count, or they could play and it's unhealthy, da 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 they could then sit out, and none of the games, no matter how many they played in, would be counted 
you know, similar to like the redshirt rule used to be if you played in four games or more, you couldn't use a redshirt, you know, you burned a year. Um, so what they did was, but there's a, there's a line item in, in that, um, in that uh, it's like a schedule and there's a whole list of schedule pro, uh, COVID protocols that says it, that if a member institution wants to honor the scholarship of the uh, player in its last year of eligibility, meaning which would only be seniors, uh, they could do that and not count it towards the 85. Now there has been pushback from the uh, lower, I'll call it the, I don't want to say the lower income, but you know, the, the, the smaller division one schools and even some of the group of five saying, you know, that's not fair. Alabama can afford it. We can't afford that. We can't afford right. to keep 15 guys on full scholarship and bring in a full class. Alabama can basically put 300 on scholarship if they wanted to. Uh, so that was the pushback. Uh, it is still technically on the books that it's up to a member institution to decide if they want to keep the guys in the graduating uh, in their quote, and the quote is their final year of eligibility. Um, so they can technically keep those on and not count them towards the 85. Now they have not made an official announcement as that's the rule set in stone, but as of now, it is still on the COVID protocol chart. It's like a running chart of like, I, I looked at it earlier. It's like 19 pages uh, of stuff, you know, governing all sports in division one level only. Wow. Well, that's, that's interesting. <laughs> and, and, you know, the other thing that, that we found out, that, that the state of South Carolina coach doesn't even have a representative to the NCAA inside the state. The closest, and Eugene, correct me if I'm wrong, is Atlanta. This is something that, that – here's my – this is where it lies. We've got to stop this. We, we are our own state, right? We have – we've got to figure somebody – why not you? Coach, it's 2021. Why not you? Why don't you be our representative to the NCAA? Because we need somebody here. We don't need somebody in Atlanta deciding what does and doesn't get said for the state of South Carolina. That kind of shocked me in itself. Well, it, it, right. it is, guys. And, and before uh, Sean can answer, you guys probably saw the movie um, Safety about the kid from Clemson. Um, mm-hmm. And that's where that hearing was held. It was actually held in Atlanta. Uh, where they packed up the team and everybody drove to Atlanta. That's kind of like the Southeast Regional Headquarters. But the University of South Carolina has to go through, A, either it, the uh, SEC commissioner or uh, when it comes to football, and it's uh, one of the AD administrator guys at the University of Alabama to petition the NCAA for us. It is so weird. So if you ever wonder why all these kids, like there was a receiver at the beginning of the year that, transferred into South Carolina and was ready to go and they were waiting on it and waiting on their approval and waiting on them to get cleared. You always hear these guys going back years, man, they would enroll and can't play because they're waiting to get cleared. But if you always find out some other schools uh, and there's, there's a great example of Auburn, Auburn always finds a way to get somebody cleared. They've always had and the, the greatest one was university of North Carolina. People wondered how North Carolina never got the hammer uh, on all those academic things, they have someone in the office in in, in Indianapolis, and South mm. South Carolina does not. I don't know if Clemson does now, but I know the University of South Carolina has not had that person there, kind of pushing the envelope and getting things done. So uh, sometimes, you know, when the bigger schools have the money and the resources, they kind of have that alumni umbrella that stretches throughout the country. Uh, you know, they take full well advantage of that. Wow. It's a lot to digest, uh, Coach. What, what, what's your thoughts? Because, again, to me, the, those are some of the things that, that, you know, 
it's kind of like what we talk about with the commissioner. You don't know until you know. And now we have found out because of COVID, we, we've realized that, hey, there was this and that and that and this. But I had no idea prior to this situation that we didn't have a contact in our state of South Carolina. And to me, it's the little things that, that we do those right. Then the big things kind of take care of themselves there, Coach. Uh, your, your thoughts on some of that? Yeah, you know, I feel as though you're exactly right. You know, when you when you when you take care of the little things, you know, that kind of resonates with everything else within everybody's program. And for us not to have a representative, you know, you know, how do we fix that? You know, how do we have more of a voice? And, you know, I think platforms like these, you know, and more people are, are in tune and in tune to what, you know, what's what's being spoken tonight. You know, I, I hope it gets out into, you know, all the, you know, different organizations or whoever needs to hear this and it gets out so that we can fix these issues so that we can have more of a voice and, 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 and our kids can benefit because it's all about the kids and, and how they can benefit. So, you know, I feel as though, you know, with you guys and what you guys do and, and, and the voice that you have and the people that you have coming on, you know, I think it's, you know, it, it can do nothing but help us, you know, down the road. So, right. you know, I'm hoping that um, everybody kind of gets on board. Hanging out here with the head football coach, athletic director. We're on the campus at Cross High School. The bus pulled up there. Of course, we got that big man out of the gym and on to the air with us here tonight. That is Coach Sean Wright. So, Coach, before we get you out of here, let's talk about some of your big dudes, your dogs, the off season, and, uh, you know, what's happening there with your football team as uh, we get into the back part of uh, February and get ready for some spring ball. And, of course, you can highlight some of your seniors that will be graduating in a few months, too. You know, it's, it's, you know, I don't have any senior. I had five seniors on the team this year, and I don't have any senior that's going to go play college football. But let me tell you what's so special about these seniors and what I love about them. They were the sophomores three years ago when we didn't win a game, and I really could not stand those kids. And <laughs> the reason why I couldn't stand them was because of their work ethic. They had no work ethic, and they just didn't have a lot of confidence about themselves. And so we went 0-8, and, and that was the first time I had never not won a game. And I didn't really know how to process that at first. And so when that season was over with, you know, I found a video. Um, there was a guy by the name of Miles Monroe, and he talked – in that video he talked about um, two animals. And the animals, one was the lion and one was an eagle. And – he really highlighted the lion and, 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 and just the characteristics of a lion. And, and, and one of the things he said was, you know, the lion is not the tallest animal in the jungle. The lion is not the smartest animal in the jungle. The lion is not the biggest or the heaviest animal in the jungle. But yet, when the lion shows up, the other animals respect it for what they know it to be. And so I showed that video to those seniors, and then I started to see the attitude change, you know, and how they went about the off season and how they went about becoming leaders. And so by the time they were seniors, they did just enough to change our whole entire program. We went from 0-8 to 7-5 to the third round of the playoffs, and then – this past year we went four and three, and you say, "Well, wow, what happened? You went from seven and five to four and three. Well, those the best players on my team 
are sophomores. And so they were true freshmen starting with those guys the year we went 0-8. And now they are grown up. And, you know, I am starting to see what these current seniors were able to do this past year in, in the 75 season and how it rubbed off on those younger guys. And so those guys are, are truly special to me. And um, and as long as they are in good standing, they can they will be able to come back to Cross High School in any capacity that they want. And so, you know, I feel really good about those guys. And, and I'll be honest with you, you know, I really have some 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 dudes in this sophomore class. I got one junior, but the sophomore class is loaded at Cross High School. Um, I got a kid right now, Amante McCray. He's 6'4", 290 pounds. His wingspan is 6'8". Um, you know, if he will continue to do his work in the classroom like I want him to do, you guys will hear his name as far as his senior year. He'll probably be top 10 in this state um, athletically. Um, there's another guy by the name of Jatavius Gaines, 6'1", 175-pound free safety. You know, Damian Haynes, 6'1", 190-pound outside linebacker. You know, these are my sophomores. You know, and these wow. guys are all six. Yeah, they're all six foot plus, you know, but I'm trying to get them to get to understand that as good as they are athletically, they have to be that much more in tune academically. And they all kind of struggled some their freshman year because they just didn't get it. But now that they are seeing their names mentioned, you know, with some of the colleges and some of the college coaches are asking about them, you know, I'm starting to see some of that attitude change. And, 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 and I'm, you know, I'm really honing in on with their parents to, to try to get them to understand, listen, let's, let's buy into these guys so that they can kind of set themselves up for their future. You know, kids these days don't, they don't think about two months, three months, four months from now. They think about today only, you know, how can I survive today? So I'm trying to get them guys to dream a little bit more about their futures. And and if I can do that, then, you know, the future is bright at Cross High School. Well, I tell you what, as long as you're running that ship over there, my friend, it's going to be not only bright, but it's going to be strong, prepared, and ready to go to battle. And I can't wait. Uh, we're coming that way. We've got an idea. Eugene and I have put something together to help you uh, on some other levels with your athletes. Because social media, by the way, is uh, is probably one of the things that, that you coaches, the last thing you want to deal with is, is social media. But we got something that we'll catch up with you off the air, Coach, uh, and, and see if you're interested in it. But uh, I can't wait to catch up with you, man. I, I don't know if you're working out down here in Somerville in the weight room or you're you're up there somewhere in Cross. I would think, is it down here? Are you down here in the uh, in the Somerville market when you come to come to well, the gym? Well, I'll tell you what. Yeah, I got a membership at Planet Fitness. So if I'm in Somerville area, I'll be at Planet Fitness. If I'm in Cross, you know, I'll be at the high school in my weight room. And, you know, so I kind of kind of you know mix and match what I want to do on daily on a day to day basis. Well, when you're in Somerville, I'll shoot you a text here in a little bit. Uh, I meant to do it before and make sure you got my number and all that. So when you come into town, make sure you catch up. We'll 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 do a little bit of workout, then we'll go grab something something healthy, right? We'll, we'll go get something healthy to eat. We'll, we'll sit down and talk some football, man. I, it, it's been too long. We need to do it. But uh, I just want to say thank you so much for all that you do for Southern Sports Central, man, and helping us, motivating us, and, and promoting us uh, across and across the social media. Uh, you know, it's because of coaches like you, athletic directors like you, that, that makes our job so much fun, and, and we want to 
really highlight you guys and, and talk about you guys during a season that, quite frankly, without you guys, it didn't happen. Well, man, listen, I thank you guys for, you know, continuously inviting me to to just share a little bit. But, you know, there's, you know, y'all guys do such a good job. And I think what y'all doing now is, is, is growing, especially to get, the lineup y'all had tonight with, with Mr. Singleton on here, you know, this, you know, I, I see you guys really, really expanding throughout the state and, and y'all guys are very, very important to what, what's happening in our sports. So thank you guys. No doubt about it. Coach, enjoy the night. God bless you again. Our thoughts and prayers with you, man. I tell you what, your dad's proud of you. No doubt. We're proud of you. We can't wait to watch what you do, man. This season coming up is going to be one of the best yet over there with you guys. And of course, cross, Grab your popcorn, get your soda pop ready, and uh, get ready for some football because it's coming, man. Have a good night, Coach. We'll talk here soon. All right, later. All right, there you go, guys. We pulled the bus up because it's got a little bit of a ride up 17, and it's heading to Myrtle Beach, my hometown up there in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. In just a little bit, we'll be catching up with the Myrtle Beach Coalition Athletic Director and Head Football Coach. That is Coach Ryan Williams. He's going to be hanging out with us here in, in just a little bit. We'll be talking to him about some of the exciting things uh, about what he has going on. And of course, uh, you know what? I want to hear from him. Hey, exactly. Exactly. You know, uh, all about his program. We'll take a quick little break in between just to break up the two great guests right after this. We're back in Myrtle Beach. And now back to Southern Sports Central with Richie Altman and Eugene Benton taking your calls at 323-784-9681. Hey, yo, you ready? Let's do it. Welcome back, everybody, here for the final few minutes. It's been time on the Grand Strand up there in Myrtle Beach. The Grand Strand, Myrtle Beach Co-Allegiant, Athletic Director and Head Football Coach, Coach Ryan Williams. Coach, welcome to the show. Looking forward to this becoming a regular thing. Thanks for hanging out tonight. Yes, sir. I appreciate you guys having me on tonight. Uh, I've done a lot of these, and uh, I felt a little pressure tonight. Uh, you guys are pretty big time, so I'm excited <laughs> to have the opportunity. <laughs> hey, man, you're up there in my backyard, my friend. I grew up Surfside, man, so when uh, Eugene started putting this thing together, first of all, uh, I'm excited to hear about this program. And, you know, I know you guys have reached out to a lot of our local guys down here in Charleston and across the great state of South Carolina. Of course, uh, you know, I'm a Sacacy alum, and I know you've got some hands on some of the kids over there as well as uh, a few other uh, great high schools across the state. So for us to give the parents that are listening tonight to, to hear who is, what is, and, and why should their kids go to Myrtle Beach Coalition at the next round or the next chapter of uh, their career in football is, is a big thing tonight, Coach. No doubt, no doubt. And I appreciate the opportunity to explain that. Um, pretty much what I'd like to let everybody know is that first and foremost, I mean, in the times we're in right now with COVID, Programs like these have taken a definitely a step up, filling a great void. Um, I've been doing this going on uh, nine years this year, be my ninth year. 
doing this, and, and, and I felt like it's always had a great footprint in college uh, recruiting um, and high school recruiting. But even more now with the times that we're in, even college coaches are using the word a lot more. I don't think I've ever heard as many college coaches using the word prep school as I've heard this year. So I think that's something that's pushed our brand as a whole, and it's something that being kind of ambassador of this, being, doing it as long as I have, I feel like that's something that can help everyone is, you know, doing this thing the right way, push it forward. Um, you know, the first thing, first and foremost, I think the big thing is that academic qualifi- quali- qualifying kids for NCAA purpose are the main goals of programs like these. Um, I do think that the it's changed the last few years again with COVID, where a majority of my class the last maybe three years have been qualifiers. Um, we've dealt with less and less guys that need uh, academics after high school, and it's become uh, a lot more of a situation where young men that need an extra semester of just maybe maturity or a chance to play another position or injury or they're a little younger and it fills that gap or just, again, with COVID with the numbers and the jumble the last couple of years, it gives them another chance to go after it and kind of clear the slate for a class moving forward. Um, you know, and, and me personally, uh, you know, I put over 300 young men in school uh, over that eight-year eight, eight period. Uh, you know, even in the last two years, I put over 25% of my roster at Division One level in particular. But I'm just as proud as our, of our guys that have gone on Division Two or NAIA or FCS that have done uh, great and have gone off to school. Um, so, again, it, we serve many different purposes. You know, it could be a young man that coming off an injury his senior year. He could be a guy that played out of position to help his high school team win. Uh, he could be a young man that just needs a little bit more maturity. Or, uh, again, it could be just a young man that, you know, uh, could, you know, just need a little bit more time to get where he needed to go uh, because of a fit. And it gives us that chance to work with him, uh, bring him along not only as a student athlete, uh, but as a player as well. And uh, I think the experience that I have in this, you know, in, in this realm of the world is something that can really help, especially when families are trying to make a decision on something that's kind of a road route. And it's not a, you know, you really have to just kind of lean on experience and people that have done it for a while and have a history of placement. I have experience in the South Carolina area with South Carolina kids. Um, Corey Sargent with the Northwestern um, needed academic coursework and was able to get qualified. The previous program I was at, he did a great job. He went on to East Carolina and had a great career. Um, Antonio Barber was a kid a little bit more recent that I had to play for Rock Hill a few years ago and uh, had an opportunity to come in and get qualified and move on to Temple. Um, and I also have a lot of connections around the state. You know, I've dealt with Torian Gray, South Carolina, and Coach Atkins, a new O-line coach over there, and, and uh, many people that are on Shane's new staff there. And uh, Clemson, uh, I know it's kind of where we don't want to say on it, but uh, Coach Reed over there, the defensive backs coach, uh, and Coastal with a lot of their coaches, and Coach Denson at Chelsea Southern has been great to me. So I've been around in this thing, and I've got a great connection with Coach not only across this state, but a lot of states just because of the amount of time I've, I've done this. And our realm, our route is period about getting quick kids qualified and working in recruiting. And that's why it's so pivotal that we have to make those connections with college coaches year to year, even more than a high school coach. A high school coach's job is not to get your kid into college. Um, a lot of guys take that on, and that's great. But I think at the end of the day, any young man that comes through my process is not about winning football games. It's about placement. It's about getting these young men an opportunity to get qualified and getting into a four-year institution. Learning a lot here tonight, all the way up on the Grand Strand. Myrtle Beach Co-Allegiant Athletics Director and Head Football Coach Ryan Williams joins us here tonight. This is the first of many as we're learning about this new Myrtle Beach Co-Allegiant and the process. And, Coach, I think you nailed it right on the head. We're in a very 
unprecedented times, and kids are, are learning at a very different rate than they've ever had to learn at home and, and in, in different you, – you have no idea from house to house what type of an environment they're in, right? At least when they're in school, we, we know they're in a classroom setting. So do they have internet? Do they have the actual – you know, surroundings, are they eating? I mean, there's so many questions. So are they actually ready that they, you know, in a normal setting? Yes, but this is not a normal setting. So what I'm hearing is, of course, Myrtle Beach Coalition gives them that extra, that gives them that help, gives them that prep, if you will, to prepare for that another level as they go through kind of, uh, you know, that next step, if you will. Uh, would that be kind of, I guess, it, everything in a nutshell? Yes, yes, sir. So, Essentially, you know, the one-semester program that we offer is geared towards our schedule is collegiate, even the day-to-day schedule. Um, the, the time we practice in the mornings, it's like college programs. We get up and we get after. They have a full-day schedule structure from the time they wake up to the time they go to bed. Uh, with meetings, film study, classes throughout the day, our academics, our NCAA core coursework um, is to retain the eligibility. So our goal is to get kids qualified as well as through test prep and NCAA core coursework without losing their eligibility, and to have them in school after the one semester with us. So although it's a short amount of time, we're doing our best to prep these young men. And I've had a lot of young men that went in as true freshmen that have played, and it's been, you know, even college coaches have called back and said, I think it's a testament to you guys' program. Being away from home, like you just said, getting away Mm -hmm. from the parents, having them grow up, do what they need to do day to day, and holding them accountable. It's, it's, It's a structured environment more than JUCO, so I think a lot of families that feel comfortable sending their kids from California or Vegas or, you know, you've seen some of our guys that where they're coming from, they're coming from all over. And I think the families know that that, that structure is there. A little bit different in the junior college where it's not as much structure, but they're also able to grow up in a college-style environment. Mm, I love it. And he answered it right there. I was getting ready to get into the difference between the JUCO ball and, and, and going into his school and his program. You heard it right there. Now, Coach, it can't be that hard. You know, we, we've been fortunate to have uh, Jamie Chadwell join us from Coastal. Of course, you hear the success there. Growing up in Myrtle Beach, they're playing at Sacristy. You know, the beach is a good way to get them there, but they have to understand they're not there to go to the beach. They're there to get an education. They're there to get, of course, uh, uh, get the football game going on. And all that being said, you know, where are they staying when they're when – they're, are, they, are they on a campus setting? Is there some type of housing? How, how does that work out in that case? Yeah, great question. So you mentioned Surfside. We're right by Surfside. We're actually on that border of Surfside and Garden City. Um, mm. our, we've been so blessed to have the opportunity in that area. The community's embraced me uh, completely to this point. And uh, our young men stay actually in a, a renovated hotel right on the beach uh, in Garden City, uh, right there where the Garden City Chapel and Resort is. And we actually operate in a facility uh, that the Garden City Chapel and Resort is allowing us to uh, rent out during the semester down there. So we take advantage of the off-season down there where I'm able to operate and roll that thing and, and have our guys down there for the semester. A beautiful facility, very safe environment down there, as you know, for our young men. Mm. And it just gives our young men a great opportunity to do it in a great area. Um, I, I wanted to wait from the Grand Strand, did not want to be directly on Myrtle mm. in the Strip and have all – you know, so we're about, still about 25 minutes from all the hoopla. And I think it gives the young men a chance to have a taste of that if they want to go up there we have a little time but it keeps our young men focused, having them kind of away from the city. Man, you literally got them down there on, in God's country over there at the chapel. Man, I've played many volleyball games over there at that bat, on the volleyball course, and there's some basketball half courts right there, too, and the pool's right there. I'm sure the pool's closed, but uh, Garden City, great place. You, now, now, your biggest two struggles from where you guys are located is, A, you've got to keep them off the beach, 
right? I mean, because the beach is right there, literally a block or two away. The other problem's on the other side of you, man. You got Krispy Kreme at the end of that road. You, you, you can't let them go there neither. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. The big fellas, I'm going to have to watch going over to Krispy Kreme for sure. I, I actually caught that one, so no doubt about it. I, I think that as much structure as we have, you know, they'll have some time to get to the beach, and we want to have a little bit of chance. But, yeah, I tell kids all the time, talking to them from all over the country, you know, this is still, like you just said, you got to be focused. We play a junior college schedule. I think that's what's unique, but it's high school academics. So my parents ask me, is it like an extended year of high school? Yeah, but in high school you don't go up against 6'6", 280, 90-pound offensive tackles every week. You don't go up against some of the top players in the country every week at junior college level. Or we've, we've even played the Naval Academy, which is Division One football, their JV program, you know, up in Annapolis. So, I mean, these are opportunities, the once-in-a-lifetime opportunities for young men. I know a lot, every young man that walks through this process won't be a Division One player. Our goal is to get them somewhere to pursue an education. It's a unique marriage of, you know, high school academics to keep the qualification where it needs to be, and but playing against some of the toughest competition you can put young men against. So it is definitely hard work, brother. It is definitely takes a focus to get through this process. No doubt. Getting the work in tonight with the one and only, the course, Myrtle Beach Coalition Athletic Director, Head Football Coach, Ryan Williams is in my backyard over there in the Garden City uh, Surfside area at the uh, the chapel. For you guys that are listening back home, you know what I mean when I mention the chapel there. Of course, uh, a lot of a lot of great memories there in Garden City for me. And, of course, uh, you guys are making some great memories there. And, and the other thing, Coach, that I think that, that the parents, you need to hear me when I talk about the transfer portal, this school right here fits in a great position because now, right, you can get them in a, out of a high school mindset, get them in a college prep set mindset, and that transfer portal uh, becomes that maybe to help them a little bit, right, Coach? I mean, because, again, it, 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 from a former athlete in college, it's night and day from playing high school baseball and college baseball. Yes, sir, no doubt about it, brother. When we start talking about closing the gap, I have told young men for years, this is not just because of COVID. There's direct attacks on high school kids and recruiting. High school coaches may not know that. I've talked to college coaches. I deal with DFOs at major universities. They want older kids. And the NCAA with, this, with the portal has made that happen. And then allowing these young men the automatic eligibility, which was going to happen even before COVID. You know, this is not something that just – it just was sped up because of COVID. And they eventually want to get to a point where they can start making this like free agency, what, what college recruiting has become. Play at one school, come pick them up. If a kid, if a kid balls out at Coastal right now, there's going to be North Carolina, NC State, Virginia Tech, people like that that are literally scouting and recruiting those young men right off the campus. Where does it close the gap for a high school kid? The high school classes will reduce and get smaller. Young men that do a post-grad semester are in a very unique situation because they do have the college experience on the field, but they also retain the eligibility. So I've told young men, this has become something more and more prevalent, and it's not something that's going to go away. And the fact that they gave every young man, including freshmen, an extra year, it has definitely made this. What I've told young men, to be honest, our kids this year are bumping 22 high school kids all out of their spot. And so it has become an effect that's going to roll downhill for about the next four or five years at least. And as long as they have that portal there and allowing young men to go in and play immediately at their next stop, uh, it's going to be tougher and tougher on high school uh, players, especially the FCS bands that group of five band at Coastal usually just going to be less and less of those kids to have an opportunity straight out of high school. It'll be more PG, junior college, and then portal kids because people want older kids. They do not have time 
to sit around and wait. They're, they're firing people faster and faster these days. Listen to this. We're educating you here on Southern Sports Central. No other way to do it than have the guys themselves come on and talk about their program, and they're doing that right here on the Myrtle Beach Coalition. Athletic Director, Head Football Coach Ryan Williams wrapping it up here tonight with our great guest list. And I guess uh, this, that you need to look more into this program because it sounds like he's put everything in order. The only thing that's missing could be your young athlete. That being said, Coach, how do they find you? How do they catch up with you? And how do they research uh, more information and get in touch with you guys about furthering not only their education, but also their, uh, their opportunity to play some football? Yes, sir. So at Collegiate MB is our Twitter page. Um, MyrtleBeachPrep.org is our website. Uh, my personal Twitter is at MrNoOffSeason because I'm working all the time. But, you know, it's, it's, it's a labor of love. You know, you don't stay in this long because you care about attention or you care about being in the paper. Um, you're, the players are the product in this business. You know, even in college football, the head coaches are, you know, they're the guys that walk on water. They're the guys that really, you know, uh, get a lot of the attention. But truly, at this level, it's about the young men. And I've stayed in this. I've had opportunities to go to college. I, I truly believe this is a calling. Uh, I had a young man out of California last year. And a lot of college coaches, he's asking, how did you find, how did you get that kid? Never played football in his life. I think you guys may have watched their social media. Um, you know, he's a big kid. But, you know, never played in his life. You know, took the chance, the opportunity to come out and play for me this past season during COVID. Uh, and had not, he signed with UNC Charlotte two weeks ago. This is a young man who, you know, great student, 3.8 student, didn't need academics, you know, never played in his life. But we were able to find a position fit for him, get him the film that was needed, and then shop him to university. He had 15 FCS offers, and he was able to sign a Division I scholarship. Opportunities in this, I think, that, you know, that, that, that people don't even know about. And I think the more we can educate families on how great this process can be at the right places, it can really help a lot of young men. And, uh, you know, and, that, and that's just the, the, the thing about it. Um, another great story I have even for a kid coming in this year, kid out of out of Georgia, um, you know, pretty much only had NAIA offers two days ago. This is not because these kids can't play, brother. I'm not a miracle worker. I'm finding talent that's been bumped out the way because of COVID numbers, and we're going to have a super team this year. And this kid has already received the ACC offer from an ACC school, and he hasn't stepped foot here yet for 22. So th- that's my goal right now. I, you know, it, it's a lot of players out here. We're looking for the best of the best. And if, if high school coaches have been great to me, I've had college coaches reach out to me like Nevada sent me kids. Um, today, uh, Old Dominion called me about kids. I've been doing this so long, brother. I'm, I'm, I'm fortunate I've had college coaches pushing kids into the process now. So it's not only trying to educate people on my process, as much as I'd love you to come to Myrtle Beach Collegiate, I want to make sure that, you know, you're looking at great places. Fork Union Academy does a great job in Virginia, Milford Academy in New York. Uh, I'm about helping kids, brother. And I think that's the one thing about this. You know, it doesn't matter where you go as long as it's a place that can help the kids. Well, it's like the old Jerry Maguire said, help me help you help us and let us be a part of what you guys are doing because, A, you know, you're, you're, you're literally in my backyard, and, B, you doing it for the right reason, Coach. Uh, let's get you back real soon. We're going to do it possibly again next week because, you know, I don't. I, there's so much still to uncover. This is a big onion that we want to keep peeling back the layers because I think this is an avenue that a lot of kids need to look at. But, Coach, thanks for the time tonight. We look forward to uh, seeing you soon because we're going to actually take a road trip, but we'll also get you back in here possibly as early as the end of next week. Yes, sir, fellas. Come on down, man. We'll go to Johnny D's and grab some food. It's one of my favorites out here in the area. So, he's built one in Surfside. So, let's do it. 
You got it, man, as we will do. Coach, God bless you. Stay safe. And, again, thanks for all that you do. All right, thank you, sir. God bless you. There you go, ladies and gentlemen. Boy, oh, boy, Eugene, was it a show of shows tonight. Five stars from across the board. An instant classic on a hashtag. And, uh, again, uh, thank you from uh, myself to uh, Eugene and all of us here at Southern Sports Central. Guys, uh, one final thing that I would like you guys to keep Brandon Bisco being uh, in your thoughts and, and in your prayers. Uh, there will not be a Sports Unlimited uh, this Friday. His mom passed away. Uh, you know, I saved it uh, for the end of the show. Uh, to again, you know, we're all one big family. Brandon does an incredible job for Southern Sports Central. Uh, it's a show that's uh, broadcasted out of Myrtle Beach right here on Southern Sports Central uh, on the course uh, Friday mornings from 7 to 10. Uh, you know, he had thought about doing a show, and, and I basically pulled the plug on him. I said, no, sir, you're, you're going you're gonna to – Take this time to, to, to heal. You'll, you'll be fine. They'll be fine, and you'll be back ready to go. But, um, you know, for everybody, guys, I can tell you this is a kid who is the voice of the North Myrtle Beach uh, Chiefs basketball program. He's the voice of uh, the Carolina Force Panthers in football, and uh, he's the voice of Southern Sports Central and of all of your young athletes across the state. But he does it right there in Myrtle Beach. So please continue to pray for him and uh, his family during this hard time. Uh, also, want to thank everybody tonight. It was a great show. Eugene uh, done a great job. Uh, we've given him a lot more homework, and he's uh, boy, he's passing. Uh, I guess got to take him out for some cake and ice cream because he's doing a great job for us here. And uh, of course, tonight we had uh, Coach Greg Porter from Greenville High School. We had the, uh, the legendary coach as well, uh, Coach Bobby Carroll, the assistant athletic director, the assistant head football coach over there at Legion. Uh, uh, Legion, Coil Legion, say that three times fast. Uh, that's part of the, of course, uh, group, like you saw with Gray and Oceanside. Uh, of course, at 730, how about this? It was great. I enjoyed it. I really, really did having the South Carolina High School League Commissioner, uh, Mr. Jerome Singleton, tonight. That's the first of many. Of course, he's a Charlestonian. We are here in Charleston, uh, so it was kind of a nice deal. Got to find out a lot about him that I didn't know. Uh, and I uh, got a nice message afterwards from the league over there on Twitter. Uh, so we want to have all of them on, right? Let's bring them on, Eugene. So we'll do that. Uh, maybe that will be our focus. But I think there's 15, 16 of them, right? So I think we got 16 uh, new guests coming in in the next few months. So hang tight. Uh, 8 o'clock, we went to Cross, checked out, uh, got him out of the weight room. And that, of course, Sean Wright. Looks like he can still play the game. And he's the athletic director, the head football coach over there at Cross. Uh, great points with him. Talked to him a lot about a lot of things. He covered a lot. Uh, on a personal level, of course, uh, continue to pray for him and his family as he lost his father back in October. And then 8.30, man, I didn't even know the Myrtle Beach Coalition, uh, the campus, the uh, the dorms are actually the old chapel, which is there in Garden City, South Carolina. If you guys ever been to Garden City, you've seen that chapel where uh, the church camp right there, that's where those guys are staying at right now. Of course, uh, the athletic director, head football coach, Sean, excuse me, uh, Ryan Williams joined us. But Eugene, 30 seconds, man, you did a great job tonight. Sweeten it out at SO Sports Central doing your thing on our Facebook at Southern Sports Central. And, uh, man, I tell you what, great show tonight, man. This one will go down as, of course, one of my favorites. Yeah, definitely epic is a word to describe it, man. It's been an epic week, actually. We've had a back-to-back-to-back, you know, loaded guests, and I know it's been some first time for us, and uh, first of many, sounds like. So we'll keep building that bridge, and we'll keep opening up the doors. And next week, you know, we got something to top, something to go forward, something to challenge. we got to stay at the top. we got to keep growing, man. That we are going to do, guys. On behalf of all of us, to all of you, this will be our final broadcast of the week. We will not have anything tomorrow. We're actually going to go watch some sports tomorrow. You can follow us at SO Sports Central to get all the updates and pictures from wherever we may land tomorrow night. Who knows? And, uh, and like I said, uh, no show Friday. Brandon Bisco being losing his mom. Uh, please pray for him and his family. 
And uh, we will keep you up to date. Follow us on Twitter, SO Sports Central. Share it, like it, tell your friends about it. Call in anytime, be a part of our show. Follow us on Facebook at Southern Sports Central as well, guys. On behalf of all of us, I'm Richie Alba, and that's Eugene Bitts, of course, Everett Sands, and Brandon Biscobring. We are the team of Southern Sports Central, guys. God bless. Take care. And until next time, stay safe. <laughs>